Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse. This is episode 319. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, bang bang. And one day Connor will have a day off uh, when we record <laughs> again. I swear it will happen. Today is not that day. But today is not that day, no. Uh, but it's Solicitor's Day. It's Solicitor's Week. Uh, meaning that that's what we'll be doing on the show. As well as discussing the following books. We'll be talking about... Batman One Bad Day, The Riddler, Issue 1, Nightwing 95, The Flash 785, Batman Superman World's Finest, Issue 6, Batman The Night, Issue 8, and Black Adam, Issue 3. So that is what's coming up on today's show. So. I I had every intent on reading that Scooby-Doo book, and I did not have time. Oh, that's a shame. I, I, uh... I bought it and everything. <laughs> so... I for, I forgot. I, I'll be honest. I always forget that exists. So yeah. even if there was That's jokes fine. about you reading it for this week, it it completely left my mind. Uh, but hey, uh, so yeah, yeah, another week, another batch of comics. It's uh finally cooling down after the the hotter weeks of the summer. Here, I'm happy to say. In fact, I am wearing jeans today. I'm not wearing shorts. That's that's the first yeah. time in months on the show. Just for anyone who's keeping uh-huh. track. Well, it's it's a cool ninety-two here, in the desert. I'm trying I'm trying to switch that to your de- degrees. That's not letting me. Twenty yeah. something, probably. It's hot. Uh, Let's see, there it is. Thirty-three. Thirty-three. Oh, that's not that's not cool. <laughs> yeah, for here it is, and we had forty percent humidity playing football this morning, so it was, it was damp. It's very damp out and hot. So we've not even hit that once this year. So I know I'm that's that's <laughs> horrible. Uh don't worry everyone. Uh we do have solicits, but there's always time for actually. Matt, what do you want? What what, what do you mean what do I want? Well, I mean you you you, you know you... What's your favorite I, space I'm, girls like? <laughs> oh, what I really, really want. <laughs> You never say it right. <laughs> it's tell me what I want, what I really, really want. That's what you say. That's, that's part of the bit. That's part of the bit. Just, just it's a comicsology top ten. That's what the answer to the question is. That's the that's the important part. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no yes. one wants this but you. Comicsology top ten at the time of recording. Uh, any guesses as to what number one is, Matt? Well, there's there's two X Men books out. Um. So now, now it's a toss-up between Nightwing and X-Men 13. So I'm going to go X-Men 13. Hold on a second. I'm having some uh, Uh-oh. some weird uh, anomalies here. For some reason, there is no DC books in this. <laughs> oh, no. And I have DC selected. I have double-checked. I'll refresh the page and do it again just to get a, you know an accurate thing but uh we may we maybe have oh my god stop it <laughs> I'm, I'm clicking the wrong window it's on uh, technical faults technical difficulties it's all connor's fault somehow um there we go marvel dc boom dark horse archie titan image idw dynamite i'll do apply uh where's the dc book like DC did not do this purely this week. I've, I've got a good feeling they didn't. <laughs> yeah. No, not with the, with the books that we had, especially with uh, the, the Riddler book. 
by King and Garrett. Yeah, there's something not quite. Because I was thinking, oh, this is a very Marvel heavy top 10, and I sort of scrolled down. Where the hell's the DC books? And, like, I don't see any. Like, anywhere. The Comics Audit top 10 might not be a thing this week, guys. Uh oh. I don't, I don't know what's happening. We're having some, uh. some odd issues here. Um. Oh well. That's a distressing. Okay, well, I, I, I can read what the uh, one on League of Comic Geeks was. <laughs> of course you can. You're already looking at that list. Yep. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, this no, is fun. No, it's not fun. This is horrible. This is a disaster. The whole show's been ruined. Uh, I guess we'll uh, just... Scrap it. I guess we have a short show this week. Well, we'll start in Slosses in a minute, Matt. It's not going to be that short. Comics, comics good. In tweet. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's look at the solicits for November then, since that's Shoot. well. The, the, so the the League of Comic Geeks had uh, Nightwing ninety five, and number one X Men thirteen at two, Hulk eight at three, World's Finest at four, uh, Daredevil five, New Mutants at six, Batman the Night really good showing for for Chip at uh, seven. Star Wars at 8, Flash at 9, and Strange number 5 at 10. Um, so yeah, so no, no indies on there. That's all DC and Marvel. And it's about 50-50 split. So, there you go. That was your Comixology slash your Comic Geeks top 10. This was a disaster. This was horrible. Well, that's, that's, that's the not work at all. Let's look at the November 2022 DC Comics solicits and worked through them. Uh, I've seen a couple of things from it, but I haven't actually looked through the the main yeah. list. So let's let's have a have a have a trek through, shall we? Uh, first thing here is Batman and the Joker: The Deadly Duo, issue one. It's a new seven issue miniseries written and also drawn by Mark Silvestri. So we have a new Batman Joker mini because uh, these two characters uh, need more <laughs> more books. Yeah. Uh, you want your Mark Silvestri drawing Batman? Here you go. I'll read the uh, the solicit text here mm -hmm. since it's a, you know, it's a new, new series. The Joker will go to any lengths to get Harley Quinn back after she's abducted by a strange culprit. But who? Mysterious Joker-like monsters are stuck in the streets of Gotham, collecting severed heads. But why? Jim Gordon is missing, and after receiving a package containing a bloody piece of Gotham's commissioner, Batman knows he must be willing to do anything to save him. But how? When the Joker proposes an uneasy alliance with Batman, answers to those questions begin to become clear. They will shake Gotham City and the Bat family to their core. This meticulously crafty tale of the Dark Knight's deadliest team-up will introduce you to the grim and gritty Gotham that only Mark Silvestri could bring you. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not feeling all that positive about this premise. <laughs> No, um, yeah, Batman and Joker, he had him teaming up, and then you get grim and gritty, and I'm just, I'm out. You know, no offense to Mark Silvestri, even though that dude cut me in line to meet Mark Wade, at, you know, not that I'm holding a grudge. You know, I eventually got to meet Mark, and mm -hmm. Silvestri still cut me. You're holding a you grudge. Know? Um, what? <laughs> I, 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 I have no problem with the the grim and gritty if it's in the right place. I just, 
Batman teaming up with yeah. Joker is a bit of a forced concept to me. Um, Joker monsters going around the side. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, all of this just feels kind of throwaway. Many I'm missing. I'm missing Harley. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But it's got some cool variant covers. I mean, sure, it's a Batman book. You get tons of <laughs> variant covers. There's, uh, there's a Fornes one I'm trying to get to. There's one that's uh, it's like the Joker. Uh, but his mouth is actually a gap, and like his like mouth becomes the city. Looking up at Batman, it's it's an interesting cover. That's the Fornes one. Mm. That's like a good oh. cover. I'll, 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 yeah, I get that. Oh, issue two is also solicited here as well. Oh, look at that! That's on sale in December. So, so this is the first of November, and then the second one comes out the sixth of December. I guess they're doing some early December solicits since December yeah. is going to be later because of Christmas. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that that shapes up as we go through this. Uh, there we go, Batman one two nine. Uh, not much to say, really. Uh, interesting enough uh, mm-hmm. cover or covers, yeah. I should say. Yeah. Uh, so fail safe, hanging upside down like a bat. Yeah. Then the Zuenrar covers. Uh, is that a Matina? Is that, is that a Matina? It looks Matina esque. Yeah. It, yeah, uh, it does. It's, and the rain, it's very, very atmospheric. Uh, Batman one thirty is also solicited here. Um. So again, this is for. Uh, the 6th of December, this is the first week of yeah. December. So it looks like we're getting the first week of December solicits in this uh, this yep. batch as well, just in general. Ooh. So, very good. Is that, is that a Delato cover with the dinosaur in the back? That, that is pretty neat looking, art. yeah. Uh, it almost nice. looks uh, like Pixar-esque on that cover, actually. Yeah, he does. He is a Mr. Incredible vibe. Yeah. Um, so that's actually the final issue of the failsafe arc in uh, issue six, or sorry, issue one, issue one thirty in December. Uh, so cool. That's when that's wrapping up. So that's wrapping up just in time for the end of the year. Uh, Batman spawned the collection, so it's just a collection of the old issues. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman One Bad Day, Mister Freeze. This is the Jerry Duggan written issue with Mike Oscalera mm-hmm. on the on the art. So uh, very cool front cover. Yeah. Uh, with. Freeze holding up a, a very Freeze helmet shaped snow globe with Batman and Robin in it. Very neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very cool. Uh, then we got the new Golden Age issue one. I did not know about this. Jeff Johns writing uh, with Steve Lieber, Jerry Ordway and Diego Olortiga on art. So this is a 48 page one shot. I'll, let me read what this says. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the Just Sight of America to Legion of Superheroes, the new Golden Age will unlock DC's epic secret-ridden history of heroism, launching a new group of titles set firmly in the DC universe. From the 1940s to the 3040s, heroes take on the great evils of their time. But in the aftermath of Flashpoint Beyond, the, oh god, some of this stuff's spinning out of that. Uh, those heroes and villains will have their lives turned upside, upside down. Flip turned upside down. Uh, DC's future and its past will never be the same again. But how are Mime and Marionette connected to this? What the- what is happening, man? <laughs> Why are Rip Hunter and the Time Masters the most unlikable heroes in the DC Universe? Easy, they're, they're boring. Uh, and who- <laughs> How dare you! How dare you! Rip Hunter's not boring! And who are what is nostalgia? Don't miss the start of the strangest mystery to have ever plagued the DC Universe. So, obviously, we'll get to uh, the next book in a second yeah. here, which this is clearly going to lead into, but it says it's leading to a few books, so we'll see what else comes of this maybe in the, the months following. Who Did you ever pay Flashpoint Beyond as a secret uh, follow-up to Doomsday Clock? Because no way did I ever think that. I mean, I guess it... 
Do you know what? This is interesting. So John's just doing this one shot, and then of course the other big news, the more exciting news coming yeah. out of this, is Justice Society of America issue one, a new ongoing series written by Jeff Johns and art by Michele Yannon. Uh, that's a mm-hmm. that's a biggie. That's a, that's a game changing excitement thing. It's exciting because it might be like proper Jeff Johns again, like back to an yep. ongoing superhero comic. And you know, I think JSA can mostly stay off in its own corner. It doesn't have to worry about the rest of the you know DCU. No. So uh, I, I shared this when he came through earlier in the week, and Connor surprised me by going eh and shrugging because I don't know. I'm never else. surprised when Connor goes eh and shrugs. I know, but like. <laughs> I don't know John's writing Justice Society after so long of him not. I, I feel like it's okay, like especially like you just said, it's off in its own corner. He can kind of do what he wants. Um, and if there's someone that's that's playing with with the time stream in DC, I, I trust John's. You know, so yeah, I'm very. I, for this. I would just like a good Jeff John's ongoing comic again because it's been a while. Obviously, we love mm-hmm. Doomsday Clock. And that was yeah. this big event style comic book. But, you know, everything, all, all these little things that he's been doing here or there since have just been kind of, you know, whatever. The, 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 that magic's really been there. Uh, I'll read the solicit text for this, though. Uh, the GSA returns in this monthly series by writer Jeff Johns and artist Michael Yannin with Justice Society of America, The New Golden Age, Part 1. The world's first and greatest superheroes return, or do they? A long-lost hero of the GSA crashes into our era with a grave warning, but it's too late. A mysterious and malevolent enemy has invaded the entire history of the GSA, and an all-new team must come together to defeat it. But what deadly secret does this messenger from beyond keep? Where are they from, and why is all of this happening now? Only the Time Masters know. So this is very much all spinning out of, uh, of obviously that one shot, but also, yeah. you know, uh, Flashpoint Beyond. So, yeah. This yeah. is this is kind of interesting. It definitely does sound like while a lot of the old teams on the cover that this is probably mm-hmm. going to be the formation of a new team, uh, with Helena Wayne being one of the the key members. Yeah, and if you go to one of the other covers, I think it's the not cover. There looks like there's a Robin, there too. Um, so that that's interesting. Oh sure, yeah. So, um, yeah, because. I, well, I it's a dark crisis as well because you know they showed up in the last one. So how do how do they tie in to that? You know, because um, the JSA exists there, and it seems like here they're just now returning. So that would make me think that dark crisis is going to uh, alter the timeline so that JSA mm-hmm. are back to being golden age heroes that don't exist in the present day. Right. So interesting. I mean, I'm here for this. So um, I love the JSA. Uh, Which, so. you know, like, <clears throat> resetting the timeline to put them back in the past again d- does mean that you're losing a little bit of that legacy stuff and the, mm-hmm. some of the other char- the younger characters. But, you know, we'll see what they do with it and we'll see kind of what this new team is. This might be like an exciting new, uh, you know, epic that we start here with whatever this new team of characters yeah. is. Yeah. Well, and, and on top of it, when, the, you know, the last solicit for the Golden Age um, thing... It, they talked about all the way to the future. So, like, if we get the idea of the Justice Society as a team that, you know, has existed from the 40s up till now, you know, and so you might have Jay Garrick running around because of the, you know, timey-wimey stuff with some of these younger characters. It would still make sense. Um, so maybe you can still get that legacy thing. But, yeah, yeah this is real cool. No, no, I'm excited for it. Uh, I was not expecting a GSA by Jeff Johns. I mean, I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting any ongoing books by Jeff Johns ever again. So, 
That's yep. it's kind of a pleasant surprise in that sense. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Okay. Stargirl, The Lost Children, <laughs> issue one, written by Jeff Johns and art by Todd Nuck. Uh, this is a six-issue miniseries, uh, and maybe this is finally going to like, pay off that one shot that was it seemed uh, like it was setting up a new Stargirl the, the, story. The summer school special yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. Well, was that like two years ago? Now? <laughs> I thought like that was ages ago. It feels ago. like it was two summers ago. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so yeah, so this is coming in November. An epic Teenage DC Hero event brought to you by Teen Titans writer Jeff Johns. I guess because a teen hero, they're specifying that. Mm. But I feel like JSA is more relevant, given that's what she was in when he was writing her, yeah. but whatever. Uh, an iconic Young Justice illustrator, Todd Nuck. Uh, when Stargirl of the Justice League Society and Green Arrow's ally, Red Arrow, discover a tragic teenage hero from the past has gone missing, they set out to find him, only to discover that he's not the first teenage hero of the Golden Age to have vanished without a trace. But where have they gone? Who are they? And what does this childminder want with them? So this is interesting. This is like a whole line of John's GSA-related comics coming out of yep. this one-shot. Um, okay. I'm intrigued. Yes. I'm intrigued. Uh, uh, so last last year I went back and read that Stargirl series. It had been forever since I read it. And it was still pretty pretty decent. And I mean, there's a bit of 90s cringe going on uh, with, with certain things. But um, this whole concept with Courtney, and then you're, you're throwing Emmy in there on top of it, um there's another one like dc stop making me buy stuff right just let, I'll, I'll be happy to ignore things if you stop putting out good things yeah so yeah we get a one shot uh start of a jsc ongoing and the first issue of a uh, six issue star girl mini all starting in december or sorry november uh from jeff johns that is pretty exciting stuff and i'll be excited to talk about those when they come out so very neat uh so cool uh, Blue Beetle Gener- sorry, Generation Day. Blue Beetle Graduation <laughs> Day, issue one. This is a six-issue miniseries starting in November. Uh, Josh Trujillo and Adrian uh, Gutierrez uh, on the art. So, guess the Jaime Reyes book, uh, which you may have guess given the names of the creators that they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're you know, intentionally going for, uh, you know, creators of a, of a similar background. Uh, Jaime Reyes has a lot to sh- has a lot to juggle, whether it's his finals for senior year or a new villain tearing up El Paso. Jaime is always torn between two worlds, but when his worlds come crashing together at his high school graduation, nothing will ever be the same. A message from the Reach bombards Jaime's scarab, Kajida, uh, and is starts throwing off his concentration. Sorry, his connection to the device. And as if that wasn't enough, Jaime's parents and friends are pressuring him about his next steps in life. But what's hidden here on Earth that's drawing the reach back? And where did his new fadeaway man come from? Uh, can Jaime find balance in his life and rise to become a true hero? Or is it curtains for the Blue Beetle? So I was interested about this. Is that It's cool that obviously Jaime's getting a miniseries because it's been a while since Jaime's yeah. had a book. Uh, way back at the start of Rebirth. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the last time, I think. Yeah. Um... But it's the idea that he's graduating from high school, so they're kind of actually aging the character forward a little bit, so that next mm-hmm. time we see him, he presumably will be either in college or, I don't know, maybe I'll have a job or something, but... Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. He's, he's been taken out of that, that high school kind of bubble that he's been in ever since he was created uh, with this miniseries. Yeah. So. No, I, I'm, I'm curious. If I if it's out on a slower week, I'll for sure uh, check this out. Yeah, I don't recognize either of the creators, so I have no mm-hmm. like quality like yeah. you know, expectations on this yet. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, I'm happy that it exists. I'm happy that Jaime's getting another thing. Uh, yeah. So that's cool. I mean, it also could be due that we're still supposed to be getting that series, right? Or is it a movie? A Blue Beetle? It's a movie for HBO Max, was... but yeah. after the Batgirl oh, fiasco, I'm not so sure I would hold my breath for her. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the guy, Josh Trujillo, has written Adventure Time, Captain America, and Rick and Morty. Um, so no, nothing that I've read. No, more more um, comedy skewing then, by the sounds yeah. of it. Which which works with Jaime and his Motley Crew of friends, right? Mm-hmm. So... But yeah, hopefully this is on a slow weekend, or so we had a slow week, so I have time to read it. Um, that seems good. Yeah, there's a lot of new books coming out in November, because we're not done yet. Wildcats issue one, uh, written by Matthew Rosenberg and art by Steven Segovia. And this is not really that much of a shock in the sense that, uh, obviously, we had a story yep. leading into this uh, in mm-hmm. Urban Legends. And while I did complain at the end that all the Wildcats showing up was kind of a, a bit of a a wet thud because like oh we were enjoying the grifter story that he was telling but i really know or care about the rest of these wildcats characters mm-hmm. but he's got a new ongoing it's not even a mini series it's an ongoing starting in november uh spinning off from the pages of batman uh, i'll add in urban legends technically mm-hmm. uh comes a sensi shattering new series the halo corporation has gathered a motley crew of operatives led by cole grifter cash who are going to make the world a better place, no matter who they have to kill. <laughs> Working in the shadows of the DC Universe, this new covert team has been tasked with gathering an elite group of scientists for the first phase of their plan. But the cat's mysterious leader, Void, might have other plans. So, what's interesting to me is this almost sounds like a kind of Suicide Squad-y, uh, yep. like, and like how it's going to operate inside the DC Universe, and maybe that's okay, because... Yeah, but that was just quite a bit right now, do we? No. Yeah. Um. So what what cracks me up is that wasn't Wildcats a Jim Lee invention? What he left when he went to Image? Uh, I believe so. Yes. Yeah, and now he's the the sole publisher. And so <laughs> I feel like he's been shopping Wildcats around, and finally Rosenberg is is writing, and he goes, "I love Wildcats. I'll do anything to write a Wildcat book." And Jim Lee's like, "All oh, right, let's do this." And not all of those are Jim Lee variant uh, in yes. the list. So. Yep. Uh, uh, but yeah, the most I've ever cared about Grifter or the Wildcats was in that Rosenberg story. Uh, so I'm very curious about this. Yeah, I'm, I'm somewhat curious. I wouldn't say I'm excited by any means, but yeah. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Especially, again, you know, quiet week permitting and all that. Sure. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Uh, then we have Waller versus Wildstorm issue. What a okay. So, okay, here's more random new books that I did not see coming. Uh, so this is a Black Label book. Uh, it's written by Spencer Ackerman and Evan Narcisse and mm-hmm. art by Eric Battle. Imagine your last name is Battle. What, what a name. Uh, so this That's is a four, four issue prestige plus size book uh, from Black Label, $6 an issue. Um, in the early 1980s, as the Cold War stubbornly refuses to thaw, a new battle heats up for the soul of the intelligence agency Checkmate as the agency's superheroic public face, Jackson King, a.k.a. the Armored Battalion, former leader of Stormwatch. I've never, I've never really read Stormwatch, so I don't know any of this Me shit. Me neither. Uh, and the symbol of American might has long suspected that uh, Adeline Kane is up to dirty tricks overseas, engineering horrors that betray everything he believes about service, service to one's country. But King doesn't know that Kane has a clever new ally, an ambitious young woman named Amanda Waller, 
So this is set in the past, then. This is a young Amanda Waller yeah. style story. Oh, yeah, because it says, it says early 80s at the front, Pete. What? Where? And it says in the early 80s, there's the Cold War suddenly refuses to thaw. True. Yes, okay. It's, 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 it's the first line. That was like half a paragraph ago. I've forgotten that. Uh, she has her own ideas about how metahumans uh, can serve their country. And honor and dignity, long lives don't factor into them. National security reporter Spencer Ackerman uh, is is going to be writing that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, uh, along with Evan Narcisse. Hey, uh, ex CIA agent Tom King really worked out as a writer. So, you know, DC taking another risk on on, on an unconventional. Yeah, national security reporter. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and the other guy's a video game writer. Uh, yeah. bizarrely Miles Morales and Gotham Knights yeah very very interesting concoction of names I have to admit though I do like the cover and like, the tone that it's given me it, just from it, the art yeah it gives me like a, a death wish like the original Charles Bronson vibe it, it looks if I had to I wouldn't even say it looks 80s it looks, it looks like a 70s style mm-hmm. cover to me so yeah. I'm actually really there to try this and Black Label's been yeah. a very it's been a gold mine for the most part so oh. far so I, I'll I, I would say that despite not knowing much of any of the characters in this other than obviously Amanda Waller and yeah Deathstroke's on the front cover the, the issues so I assume Deathstroke's well, going to show up as well yeah when you have Adeline Kane in there you, you kind of assume Slade will be around yeah. the corner so yeah so interesting uh, Wildstorm 30th anniversary special issue 1 one of these big anthology 100 page one shots $8 mm-hmm. You got Matthew Rosenberg in there as one of the writers, which makes sense. But also Brandon Choi, J. Scott Campbell, Brett Booth. Ooh. Uh, oh, that's on the writer side, though. I mean, he's, he's yeah. doing art as well, but still. Uh, Ed Brisson and others for, for writers. Art, we've got a concoction of Jim Lee, Scott Campbell, Brian Hitch, Brett Booth, and others. So. Uh, just the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, I, I don't imagine, unless it's a super quiet week, that I'm going to be tempted by a 100-page Wildstorm celebratory issue when I don't yeah. know most of the characters, but... Yeah, yeah, miss me with that. Yeah, good good for good for Wildstorm, <laughs> I guess is yeah. what I'll say. Hey, if you're excited for this, I'm excited for you. You you read your 100-page book. Yeah, I'll try I'll try Rosenberg's new ongoing, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a 20-page book. This, uh, yeah. I think I'll leave... Uh, well, and you like the Waller versus Wildstorm? Right, like you're, you like the sounds of that one, so yeah, that just sounds cool I, on its own. Is a is a great think, story. Yeah, I I think that's fair that you can miss the hundred page to read two other books, you know. Yeah, I mean, Wallet versus Wilson just looks like a gritty, good comic book, to be honest. Mm-hmm. The, 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 whereas you know, we know what these anthologies are like. It's all these ten page stories mm-hmm. that are just kind of, you know, doing the greatest hits of the characters or whatever. But when I don't know who the characters are, like, I I don't even. I mean, maybe in that sense, it would actually serve as a good introduction, but or maybe it'll just fall flat because I don't know anyone. So it's just a bunch of people that I don't know. Uh, next up, uh, Superman Kal-El Returns Special Issue 1. So this is a one-shot, of course, and uh, the title makes it pretty clear what this is. It is going to be obviously essential to the ongoing Superman story for both Superman and action. Uh, so Kal-El is returning... And this is going to be taking place. Yep. Uh, so this is like starting the march to Action Comics 1050. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, so this will just be as essential as Superman in Action in November as part of the, you know. The so whole thing. I'm I'm very surprised that neither you know uh, Taylor or uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson's name is here. However, uh, Mark Wade, Sina Grace, Alex Segura, Marv Wolfman on the right writer side. 
with Max Schreiner, Dean Haspiel, Jack Herbert, and Riley Brown. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the fact that there's so, that many creators suggests that this will be like four short stories in this 50 page book rather than mm-hmm. one big thing. So I yep, suspect. Spotlight Kellos. Go ahead. So maybe maybe essential wasn't the the right word. Maybe it'll be more like a series of just sort of like slice of life moments of like how his return affects different people uh, when he does come back. That's kind of my guess now, to be honest. Yeah, because it says they'll spotlight Kellos reunion with the Dark Knight, Jimmy Olsen, the Justice League, yeah. and Lex Luthor. Well, that's just, that's just uh, four stories right there. Yep. So, uh, plus witness never before revealed look at the moments leading to Superman's abduction by Pariah in the Dark Crisis event. So, I mean Superman, I'm gonna get it. So. Yeah, 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 we'll we'll read this one. We'll talk about it. That's the thing. Uh, next up, John Stewart, the Emerald Knight issue one. So this is something we talked about in the news because it came out last week. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is a one shot, basically to wrap up what was going on in that Green Lantern book that got cancelled. Jeffrey uh, yep. Thorne back to write and Marco Santucci on the art. Uh, given we both stopped reading that, obviously we won't be checking this out. But it's good for people who did keep up with it and do want yeah. more of an ending. Uh, that you're getting something so. I, uh, I do like that the cover makes him look like John Stewart Highlander. Uh, I mean, even more so in the variant, to be honest. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Right. All, all three variants. I mean, actually, that third one's more of like a, a Green Ranger style. <laughs> yeah, it is. So he's ready uh, to uh, call in the dragon's heart. Yeah. Yeah, that second cover. Do, 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 do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, he had the even before he had the. Didn't he have that evil sword from Rita, too? That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's what it looks like. But no, definitely the second cover makes it look like he's yelling, there can only be one. Yep. Yep. So, but yeah. Uh, and then we got Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths issue six. This is the penultimate issue in November. So that, this this event will be finishing in December just for Christmas. So that's cool. Uh, so yeah, very neat. Uh, Dark Crisis, the Dark Army issue one. This is a one-shot tie-in that was announced uh, not too long. Actually, this wasn't even announced. This was just in the... Because I spotted this in the checklist. See when we started getting the checklist in the back of the, the books? Yeah. Uh, we just noticed this was there, and it was like, we didn't, they didn't announce this. So this is uh, an anthology-style one-shot, 50 pages, well, 48 pages technically, but uh, Mark Wade doing a story. Uh, notice how Mark Wade's doing more stories at DC. His mm-hmm. name's popping up a bit, isn't it? Uh, Delilah S. Dawson and Dennis Culver uh, finish out the writers, and then art by Freddie Williams II. Only one artist, maybe, I don't know, yeah. maybe it just means I'll get more to add, or maybe it means this is less of an anthology than I thought it was, I don't know. Maybe there's yeah. more of a through line, and that's why the art stays uh, the same. Cover by Gleb uh, Melnikov, mm-hmm. so that's cool, so I'm assuming with that cover with Robin. Um, the second cover's got Robin, uh, is that Dr. Light that I'm seeing? Dr. Light yeah. and the new Red Canary, who, if I had to guess, is shoes. It does look like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess, I mean, she, she's taking the family business, you know, Aunt, Aunt Dinah. So. That's looks like a. I don't know if it'll be worthwhile after I've read it, but it, it looks yeah. worthwhile enough in advance that I want to read it. So. Yeah. I'll give it that. Uh, and then similarly, Dark Crisis Warzone issue one, another one shot tying into this, and it's got a lot of creative teams. So it's another mm-hmm. anthology style forty eight page book. You got Matthew Rosenberg again, Delilah S. Dawson again, Jeremy Adams, Frank Thierry, and Stephanie Williams in the writers uh, list. And then George uh, Cambadius and Daniel Bayless, Fernando Pissarro, and Matt Ryan, and Serge Acuna on the uh, the artist list. So uh, as the Hall of Justice falls, and you get a new generation. 
uh, or to get a new perspective, sorry, on various conflicts while the battles across the Dark Crisis rage on. So it sounds like there's been a lot of big fights going on, uh, probably after or towards the end of issue six of Dark Crisis, mm-hmm. and this is going to be like just a snapshot of a lot of smaller characters and what they're doing in these fights. Yeah, there was that one that came during Death Metal, mm-hmm. right, where we had the story where, where Babs and Dick get married uh, as, as the world's ending. I feel that's what this feels like, is that issue, so. Yeah, I mean, this seems like it might not be as essential, but I'll probably read it. I'll probably, yeah. just just for the hype, get it at the end in a dark crisis, get all yeah. the, this, the scope of it. Mm-hmm. Uh I will say, though, Flashy's face on that main cover is... Or this, this, I don't know if it's the main cover, but it's the first cover that's there on the this, this slideshow. Is, it's, yeah. It's a bit rough looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and is that Raven versus the Spectre? That's, uh... That's different. Hey, there's a lot of that, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> there's a lot more characters on the variants, which suggests maybe a lot more... You've got, like, both... Yeah. You've got John and Connor. Uh, Connor Kent, that is, fighting Doomsday, mm-hmm. by the looks of it. You've got Hal versus Darkseid. Uh, maybe with Batman. I mean, they don't all line up exactly, but the second cover's yeah. got, like, a lot of face-off-looking things go up and down it. Yeah, and then the other cover is the Jurgens, which, you know, looks pretty... Pretty Jurgensy. Jurgens wants to draw every character he can think of, and that's, uh-huh. that's, what, that, that's what that cover is. Uh, and then we got the Dark Crisis Worlds Without a Justice League Batman issue one. So that's just obviously, uh, we expected this. Uh, yeah. So this is a Simon Spurrier and McGann for Smartin writing. Uh-huh. With Ryan Sook, Dan Jurgens, and Norm uh, Ratmund on the art. So I, I assume this is going to be a case of a, a main and a backup rather than co-writers. Uh, so yeah, because like. um, it says, uh, plus unravel the uh, secrets of Zatanna's world ah, in this final epic chapter. There you go. So, there yep. you go. Uh, yeah, a couple of neat covers there, uh, at mm-hmm. least. Um, so, cool. So, yeah, a lot of Dark Crisis stuff. In fact, just the idea that Dark Crisis Young Justice issue 6, final issue of that tie-in miniseries as well. So there's a lot of Dark Crisis tie-ins in November. I would say that it didn't go too heavy on them for the duration of most of it, but it does look like they're doing a lot of Dark Crisis stuff uh, on the run-up to the final issue. Uh, so, there you go. So... Um, I'm bummed that they just gave away something in the solicit, and I shouldn't have read it. So, um, yeah. Because I, I was reading this book on the side. Mm, sure. Because uh, I got behind, and damn. The last the last issue really hooked me with what the hell is going on. Ah, so, uh, and I, I think I see the, the part that yeah. you, you think's a spoiler. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so there we got Deceased War of the Undead Gods issue four. So that's continuing. Very nice. First mm-hmm. issue was uh was a treat. Uh issue five is also solicited for December. Uh although notably this is for the twentieth of December, so maybe they're announcing a bunch of December books. Yeah. Makes me wonder what solicitors are gonna look like next month. Are we gonna get like half of December's and maybe a little of January or you know, what's the, mm-hmm. the 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 makeup gonna be? But yeah, that's so that's four and five of that solicited. Very neat. Uh, Batman vs. Robin issue 3. This is the, the Mark Wade mini that's spun out of Batman v... Oh, it's not Batman v Superman, sorry. Scratch that from the record. Uh, Batman Superman World's Finest. Uh, issue 3 of 5, this is. Uh, we have Nightwing 2022 Annual, which is written by Tom Taylor. Uh, this one has art by Eduardo hey. Pasica and Julio Ferreira. And uh, this is a Heartless-related uh, story, uh, looking into him. So this seems like it's going to be fairly... Uh, you know, essential to the overall story. 
And then it also has Bitewing Year One as a backup story. Uh, Haley in her first year with the humans. So that sounds like hey. a sweet backup. So, yeah. Yep. Count me in for the Nightwing annual. Uh, is that for... Uh, oh, that is November. Shock. Yeah. Yep, yeah. that's 11.29. Yeah, so yeah, November's... Shocked, a, I tell you. ...is a five Tuesday month. Shocked that I want to read this? So, what, yes, what shocked. Uh, we also have a Batgirls annual, annual for uh, November. Uh, that's a nice cover. Yeah, so this is Becky Clary and Michael W. Conrad writing, so it's the main team writing with Robbie Rodriguez on the art. Uh, cover is pretty cool. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, where Steph and Cass have swapped costumes. Mm-hmm. Interesting little gimmick. Um, and it looks like uh, they're swapping like dodgy parental figures as well, but it yeah. looks of it. <laughs> yeah. That, that Shiva and Quizmaster. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's interesting. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. I'm, I'm glad that's getting an annual. Uh, I'm yeah. enjoying that book now. Uh, and we're all with the Bat family on uh, annuals in November because Detective Comics 2022 annual in November as well. Uh, Pete, read the first three words. As a werewolf. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> here's, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is starting to sound like a very busy month for comics, November. Yep. Is, uh, and I, but I'm all for it because I'm liking most of what I'm reading. Uh, Detective Comics 22 annual is written by Ram V, the regular writer, uh, with art by Christopher Mitten. Uh, who I don't know, I don't think. I don't know if I know Christopher Mann. Uh But uh, covered by Evan Cagle? That's what it looks like. Cagle? 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 As a werewolf, uh, Guile has lived through many generations, and so he has visited Gotham's land before, hundreds of years ago. Take a trip back to the 1700s Renaissance Gotham with Guile on Arkham Land and to help remember him exactly where he buried something important and he is now has to dig deep back up. I said that weird. Forgive me. You I, did. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I, I, whatever. And then a twist yeah. of fate, the Dark Knight is in town and also seems to be looking for something uh, from out of time. His way back home to the present. Oh, so Batman's time travel. Just so we got a time traveling Batman and a werewolf in this. Rev V, stop! I'm gonna fall in love with you. When it said Batman there, I assumed yeah. it was like two timelines, and we were seeing like this villain yeah. in present day and also in the past. Yeah. But then he no. just said, "No, no, no! Batman's back in the past too. He's he's time traveling." Batman's traveled. fighting a time traveling werewolf. Please, thank you, Rev no, V. No, 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 no! Batman's time traveled. Right, but I know. But I'm just saying, the werewolf has existed for 300 years. But the, so... yeah, but the, I don't think the werewolf's time traveling, is he? No, 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 but I'm just saying, just, I'm, I'm making it sound more okay. out there, but yeah. But you said yeah, time traveling werewolf, I'm just, I'm just yeah. speculating if that's accurate or not. No. Man, man, V, stop being so cool, alright? Writing time travel with werewolves in it, that's like my perfect movie. Okay, well, there's uh, three annuals for the last week of November that I very much want to read. Uh, on a similar vein, uh, not that I, nece- I won't necessarily want to read this, but uh, we've got Nubia and the Justice League Special Issue mm-hmm. 1. Oh, this is basically an annual $6.48 page book on the last yeah. uh, week of the month. Uh, written by Becky Clooney, Michael W. Conrad, and Stephanie Williams. I would assume Stephanie Williams is probably a second story. Uh, art <laughs> by Amanke Newhilpin and Alitha Martinez. Or sorry, Alitha Martinez. So, yeah, in honor of the 50th anniversary... Of her 50th anniversary, Nubia is joining the Justice League after years separated from Man's World. The Amazon's most powerful warrior and now Queen has been called in to save the day and work alongside the world's greatest heroes. Uh, what danger awaits her hero and her new teammates? Find out in the special that shows a bright new future for the character. So, 
I'm conflicted about this one because on the one hand, I'm like, okay, the, the idea that Nubia is coming to the mainland for mm-hmm. the first time in a long time and she's going to meet the Justice League sounds cool enough. But at the same time, it's you know this is spinning out of like the the Wonder Woman corner of books and that event and all that other stuff. So I'm yeah. less excited because of that. So, uh, this will be relatively low priority for me for that reason. That said, that second cover. Uh, where she's with the kids and they're both holding yeah. the, uh, the the spears. That does look really mm-hmm. cool. That's a really nice cover. That one's cool too, but I like the third one a lot too. Um, oh, she's got the, the metal armor on. Pseudo, yeah, the pseudo armor. Uh, yeah. That looks, that looks pretty, pretty, pretty cool too. Also looks like Gina Torres a little bit. I think it's mostly the hair. Oh, I can, I can see the Gina Torres yeah. comparison in that, that cover. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not the other covers are right, just that particular cover, yeah. Yeah. Uh, alright cool uh, Wonder Woman 204 facsimile edition uh, not much to say mm. we're doing a facsimile uh, Wonder Woman 793 uh, this has got Superman and Batman guesting in it and it's still from Becky Clooney and Michael W. Conrad Jordan uh, mm. Belair doing the backup presumably uh, Lupacino and Paulina Gana show on the on the art so mm. yeah mm. Next Wonder Woman issue. I'm hoping this next arc is better than the one that just finished, you know, because we, we we were pretty yep. down in the last couple of issues. So, uh, yep. we'll see how it how it's how it goes in the next few. Uh, next up, DC's Grifter got run over by a reindeer. Issue one. They really laid out. Can I, can I, that. That's why I read that again. That's why I make sure I didn't just fever dream what I just said. Nope. DC's Grifter got run over by a reindeer issue one. So this is the 80-page Christmas like yep. anthology special. It's coming out in the, 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 the annual day, the last week of November, which is a good oh, time sure. for it. Uh, I've already seen three annuals that I want to read and maybe a special that I'll try. So maybe I, I won't want the Christmas special. But yeah. uh, what a wacky title and yeah uh blah, blah, blah. harley quinn batman and more your favorite dc superstars blah, blah. who made the nice list hawkman black canary is it that animal man on the naughty list and how did grifter find himself to target uh targeting sites of those pesky reindeer I, I don't know so someone had a good idea for a title and they went with it but there you go that's yeah now grandma got run over by a reindeer i'm gonna have to replace the word grandma with grifter all right, well, there you go. I have nothing to add on that. Uh, Superman 75 Special Edition. So this is obviously a reprinting of the classic, you know, Death of Superman yep. issue. Uh, not much to say. Uh, Detective Comics 38 Facsimile Edition. Again, straightforward enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brave and the Bold 28 Facsimile Edition. Straightforward enough. Yep. Uh, and then the rest of the books, or this is some of the trades actually first. Uh, Batman yep. Catwoman, uh, the collection, the hardcover is coming out. Mm-hmm. So... Very mixed feelings on it overall, but uh, a lot of nice art in it, though, so the hardcover yep. should look good. I'll say that much. Uh, Rorschach, the softcover version, uh, is coming out, so it's cool. Batman yep. Killing Time is getting a hardcover, unsurprisingly. That's been solicited. Uh, Strange Adventures paperback, uh, obviously already had the hardcover. Yeah. That's coming out. Uh, House of L, book three, The Treacherous Hope. Uh, so this is one of these uh, young adult... Uh, young adult, yeah, Claudia Gray. Yeah, graphic novels. That's cool. Mm. Uh, Dark Knight's Metal Omnibus. Oh, I'm, I'm sure we predicted this back when it was coming out, that it was uh-huh. it was, it was was like destined to have all those one-shots uh, put in an omnibus. 
So this has got Dark Knight's Metal 1 to 6, plus stories from the Forge and the casting, and then it's got all those one-shots, you know, Red Death, Devastator, The Merciless, Murder in the Machine, mm-hmm. The Drowned, you know, all those, like, evil Batman uh, mm-hmm. one-shots. Uh, plus some tie-in, because uh, there was those little crossovers as well, you know, there was the one with Nightwing, Green Arrow, that was like a four-issue crossover, and then there was another mm-hmm. one. So those are all included. So this is a 760-page omnibus that does the entire first metal. Uh, probably, probably a good way to read it, I imagine, if you're in the market for it. So uh, it's cool that they finally got around to doing that. Uh, Alright, Action Comics 1049. So just one away from uh, 1050. Yep. Uh, this is Kal-El Returns Part 5. Uh, so obviously we've got a crossover between the two Superman books for a little bit. Uh, that cover is absolutely gorgeous with the, the Superman family all floating mm-hmm. above the fortress. I wish I could see him because my version of the solicits, it's not popping up. Oh, it's I'm, I'm getting no covers, just text. It's beautiful, so. uh, Matt. Do you know what? I'll be nice and I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, send, send, I'll send it to you. Send it. I'll send it to you. It's too good. It's too good not to see. Uh, it's the Fortress of Solitude and the Super Family are hovering above, and we just see the back of them. Um, oh dear, that is that that is a phone cover. Yeah, the, including Crypto Steel, uh, and that's Keenan there, uh, new Superman. Keenan, yeah. yeah. Uh, really cool stuff. No, nobly, no, no John. Interestingly, uh, no. But whatever, you know. I don't, He's I, got stuff to do with his. With Gossamer. Yeah. So that's yeah. the Steve Beach cover, which is the regular one. So that is a really cool cover for uh, issue 1049 before we get to 1050. Uh, that said, though, the uh, the next cover, well, digital looking, but it's c- kind of nice, though. It's like, uh, yeah. I don't even know what that ca- who that character is looking through the window, but there's like a rocket. Uh, maybe that's maybe Martha? Young Martha, maybe? Maybe. Is that what yeah. they're going for? You, you can't see it, can you? I'm gonna find right. a new solicit. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go to a different solicit page. These, these are for November, right? Yes. Uh, there's also uh, one of Superman blow drying his hair, uh, but he's got the mullet in like the nineties, and it's also hitting yeah. crypto. Uh, which that is, is a that is fantastic. Fun throwback cover. Anywho, I'm moving on. I can't. I can't wait around for Matt to find those. You're fine. You're fine. Just, just um, keep going. I'll. Yeah, Batgirl's issue 12, solicited for November. Uh, so that is cool. Looks like there's going to be some Mad Hatter stuff going on, which is uh, fun. Cool. Uh, neat, neat, neat. Uh, I dig the uh, third cover that's there of uh, Steph and Cass eating pizza together. Uh, again, some of those fun covers that they have for that book are just kind of hanging out. It's nice. Yeah, so listeners, just know he, he could be making these all up, and I can't, you know, I can't verify don't if worry, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying you could. Uh, next up is Batman Nightwatch issue 3. I forgot what this is. This is a five-issue miniseries written by Jay Torres and art by Eric Owen. So, there you go. I don't even know that. I don't even remember that being a thing. Uh, issue 4, Nightwatch, is also solicited for December. So that's cool. It does seem to be mostly that uh, that first week in December. There was just that one issue that was from later in the month. So I still think mm-hmm. most of December's are still to be revealed in next month's yeah. solicits. Uh, Batman Incorporated issue two, the Ed Brisson sort of comeback of that title uh, with John mm-hmm. Timms on art is solicited. Uh, obviously Ghostmaker being one of the central characters of it. So that is out in November. Uh, Batman Fortress issue seven. I honestly didn't realize that was more than six issues. So tell, <laughs> tell me surprised. Yeah. 
that's eight Neither issues total DC for the record. And, until now. Yeah, so yeah, that's the that's the Gary Witter and Derek Robertson mm-hmm. book. Uh, we got Batman Superman World's Finest issue nine. Uh, that's still continuing. Uh, so yeah, so they're still doing Boy Fun- Thunder stuff. Uh, which is starting not this week's issue that we we're going to talk about later, but uh, nice. next month's issue. Uh, so that is neat. Batman Gotham Knights Gilded City issue two. Uh, this is the second issue of a six issue miniseries. Uh, this is the Evan Narcisse uh, and art by Abel. So cool on that. Uh, Batman the Audio Adventures issue two. Is solicited for November. Obviously, this is the adaptation of the audio stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get Urban Legends issue twenty one, and so you know, uh, four stories as per usual, uh, with Michael Cho, Anthony Falcone, uh, Joey Esposito, Dennis Culver, and Julio Antle uh, on the writers list. Art by Michael Cho, Vasco Georgiev, Hayden Sherman, and others uh, listed mm-hmm. in the artists. So, uh, yeah, really old school looking cover for this one. It says the Wheelman of Gotham. Uh, with a really, you know, classic, <clears throat> pulpy, 30s and 40s style. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's really cool to see Joey's name popping up in Urban Legends so much. Oh, yeah, no, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, so. There's a cover here with Montoya on it that's very pretty, actually. So, uh, I'll take your word for it. I suspect that means there's a Montoya <laughs> story in there. There, uh, there is. It, yeah. It's in the back. It's... Her last days as a detective before she became the new commissioner. Ah, okay, very good. Yeah. Uh, Urban Legends 22 is also solicited uh, for the start yeah. of uh, December. So Ooh, we have a Jamal Campbell story in this one. Yeah, uh, yeah. And a Nightwing story. Mm. Yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, Batman's on a jet ski, if that's uh, exciting for you. I mean, he's on a, to, to put, make it more to put a picture for you, Matt. He's on a jet ski yeah. in the sewers of Gotham. It's not like he's out. Ew! I never mind. Yeah, he's he's not out, you know, on Miami Beach uh, enjoying no. some. Yeah, no, no Batman on a jet ski. You know, no bat ski. No, no, none of like that. Uh, Black Adam <sighs> issue six, uh, still with those ultra realistic yep. painted covers. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like the art here is just stunningly realistic, is how I'd describe it. Uh, oh man, the solicits on this one. Batman has had enough of Black Adam. <laughs> That's just so funny. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, that's coming out. Uh, Catwoman issue forty nine. Uh, Punchline's in this issue apparently. Cool. Oh man, sure. There's a really cool looking Tila Lote cover. I can't see. There. Oh, it's very nice actually. Yeah. Yeah. Very sure. good. <laughs> Like yeah, they they only load the front half of them, and the rest of them. Once we got to this this section of books, they're just not loading. I've redone it three or four times, so yeah, it's okay. That's I'll look later. Uh, we were just commenting last week about Dark Knights of Steel being missing mm-hmm. for a while. It's returning in November, so it's actually on a proper yep. lengthy break. Uh, but issue eight of Dark Knights of Steel is coming uh, on November, so. Uh... So, Garrett was talking with Tom Taylor because he was talking about how this is coming out. Mm. And he says, well, it looks really good. He goes, yeah, we, we had a break to give uh, Poochery some time. Okay. So, yeah, so that's pretty cool. That's a good reason, yeah. I've, I've yeah. Played. Uh, and we have DC Horror presents Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead, issue three. This is the groovy Bruce Campbell comic uh, <laughs> that we're uh, oh, excited yeah. to check out and see what it's like, because it's Bruce Campbell writing a comic book. 
Yeah, uh, we got a Gary Frank cover and a Frank Avia cover, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, Gary Frank cover looks very nice. Uh, yeah, so uh, DC vs. Vampires issue 11 is coming out. It has a very cool uh, cover of Plastic Man, which is, I'd, I'd say it's kind of like the thing-esque where he's kind of like morphing okay. he's got like an extra mouth and he's got like all these sharp teeth and uh it's it's quite horrific looking it's just, it's good stuff icky yeah yeah icky, icky. Good stuff uh i'm assuming that's the variant though even though it's first because it says here that the uh covers by gillen march and that is definitely not gillen march i'll i'll tell you that right now uh or he upped his game phenomenally yeah it's probably the one in 25 variant by steve beach yeah oh, as his name's at the bottom steve yeah. beach uh, yeah, I was far too good to be killed in March. Uh, <laughs> DC vs. Vampires All at War issue 5, so the penultimate issue of the, the tie-in miniseries as well. Coming out. Uh, DC Mech issue 5. Uh, the Green Lantern Mech's mm-hmm. on the cover. Uh, so, cool. Yeah. And then we got Deathstroke Inc. Issue 15. Uh, remember that's moved yep. over to Ed Brisson by this point. Uh, Dexter saw yep. on art. And that's a saw he's a good artist, actually, so... Yeah. You're getting some good art, at least. Uh, I have these. I still haven't read them since it switched over to, basically, Deathstroke Year One. I'll get to them. It was just, you know, not part of the crossover anymore. Yeah. I have to <laughs> say, all three of these covers on this Deathstroke Ink issue are really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I was not expecting that. Uh, as I, as the, uh, one's by, main cover's by Yannin, and then you've got uh, a couple other covers that are both very kind of heavily painted-looking. Uh, Detective Comics 1066 uh, is coming out, and we have Batman in the Snow on this front cover. I always like Batman in a snowy Gotham. It's always mm-hmm. a good bit of atmosphere. Uh, so, cool stuff. Uh, yep. Uh, there we got Fables 157 is coming out. Uh, GCPD, The Blue Wall, issue 2. Uh, this is the John Ridley book that started, obviously, the month prior. Uh, that I am very curious to check out, the six-issue miniseries. Yeah, I didn't know this was a thing because I missed Elicits last time. Uh, and then I saw the, the name of who's writing, and I was like, oh, man, this won't be controversial at all. Yeah, it feels like it may be a quite a hard-hitting uh, yeah. you know, book. So, yeah, it's got, got Montoya in here as a main character and uh, dealing with the you know some of the police force and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm still really curious to check this out. The cover's really nice as well, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, really cool. The variant's good as well. Uh, although Gordon's face is a little bit wonky in the background, but uh, you've got Batman holding up a, a Joker piranha, <laughs> okay. and it's like really, it's like a oil painting looking cover. It's just it's pretty nice. And then you got Gotham City Year One Issue Two, which I forgot. I'm this so was, here for this. Yeah, I forgot this was a thing. Man, there's so much good stuff coming out later this year. Uh, yeah. Gotham City Year One. This is a Tom King book uh, with Phil yeah. Hester and Eric uh, Gapster on the art. Uh, yeah, this is a really cool Batman the Animated Series looking front cover. Uh, and the variant's got Billick, and then there's, oh, a really sort of digital painted looking cover with, uh, a lady of some kind? I don't even know which character. I'm sure that's the Natalie Sanders cover. Probably, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward, I forgot Gotham City Year One was a thing. That was something since last month. If if it's half as good as Rorschach, I'm gonna have so much fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Year one issue three is also solicited for early December. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's a really cool idea to give a city a year one. You know, it's such a, yeah. a cool. Kurt Connor was not impressed by this. He thought it was a gimmick to get, call it Gotham City Year One. I actually think it's really cool. But oh man, the 
He's a year grump. one three has a small wood variant that I can't see. Yeah, it's, oh. yeah, it's got uh, Frank Avella as well. Yeah, they all saw this. All How this... is Connor so tremendously wrong all the time? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's becoming a bit of a habit. Uh, it it really it really is. Um, here I'll send you the uh, small wood cover, Matt. Yeah, as a thank, treat. thank you, sir. You're, uh, you're a peach. Yes, I know. I'm 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 a hero. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. Wonderful. Oh stuff. dang! I know. Uh, so Harley Quinn issue twenty four solicited for November, and then you also have Harley sure Quinn. Connor thinks that's so good. Oh yeah, he's super excited. I know he's been secretly yeah. uh, anticipating it. Harley Quinn, the animated series, Legion of Bats, issue two. Uh, so six issue miniseries. Uh, Still T. Franklin, so that's cool. Yeah, so it's basically just a sequel to the. Yeah, the other to one. the yeah. Eping Love. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I am Batman issue fifteen. Uh, still going still strong. Going. Yeah, uh, that's out it's in November. Uh, this new Batman versus uh, Sinestro, but it looks at the cover. So, interesting. Uh, and then we got Looney Tunes issue 269, Mad Magazine 29, Monkey Prince issue 8. How did Monkey Prince get pushed after... Uh... Oh, I guess it may just be alphabetical, actually. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, it's, yes. it is alphabetical at this Because they used to put those at the end. Uh, yeah. Rather than... Yeah, that's fine, that's fine. So yeah, Monkey Prince issue 8 is coming out. Uh, in November, so cool. Nation Two Nine is also solicited for early December. We have Multiversity Teen Justice Issue Six, which is wrapping up that miniseries. Yep. Uh, we have Nightwing Issue Ninety Eight, which I saw Tom Taylor uh, tweeting about this week because it's introducing mm-hmm. a new character. Technically, uh, Nightmate. Yeah. Is making his debut appearance. In Nightwing Issue Ninety Eight. Um. You know, it just occurred to me, yeah, they're probably going to do something big for uh, issue 100 in uh, yeah, January. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, so, the cover's cool. It's basically like a take on the issue 1 cover, but with Nightmate kind of like all over it. <laughs> so. so, yeah. So, this is very funny because it's very fourth dimension, like, because of Nightmate. Um, because it's the artist from uh, from Seven Secrets. Mm. Daniele DiNicolo. Uh, but it's <laughs> the solicits have Daniele Danicullo acting as a character, so that's very funny. Ah, well, very good. Because I was like, "Who is this character?" And then I looked up. I was like, "Oh, along with Seven Secrets, he hitched his way over." Uh, so I was like, "Oh, okay." So should be good. I read the first three issues of Seven Secrets, and it was it was pretty good, but it's something that was probably better in trade. Right, so I gotta go back, but the art was the art was really good. So this is, I mean, while not redondo, it it'll be just as good. Yeah, um, uh, variant cover is a new Teen Titans, uh, cover with all the various characters on it, mm-hmm. so that's cool. Uh, Poison Ivy issue six, uh, the conclusion to the first arc. I'm sure Matt's uh super pumped. Yep. Uh, and issue seven of that's also uh solicited for December. Uh, with the cover that I'm sure you're going to love, where Ivy's wearing a hard hat and a t-shirt that says "Shell Baby Shell." Yep. Yeah, we talked about that last week because it got extended to mm. past past the original six. But yeah, the solicits on that lead with that. Uh, yeah, what's interesting I- is do you remember how last week we said it got extended to twelve, mm-hmm. but it might go beyond that. It's interesting that both these solicits do not say of twelve; they just say no. six and seven. Seven, right? Yeah. Which is cool. 
Yeah, uh, next up, Punchline, the Gotham game, issue two. Uh, speaking of things that were introduced last solicits that I've forgotten, uh, Tini Howard and Blake Howard writing with Geb Melnikov on the art. So that's where Melnikov's doing some work just now. I mean, I don't like Punchline that much. And Tini Howard didn't wow me on Catwoman. Mm-hmm. But Punchline doing a Royal Flush gang, kind of, kind of cool concept. Yeah, it's a signature miniseries, uh, mm-hmm. and it makes sense that Punchline was showing up in Catwoman, because I imagine mm-hmm. T. Howard's doing some crossover stuff, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or at least some synergistic stuff, at the very least. So, okay, okay. And then we got Static Shadows of Dakota, issue 2. Uh, another six-issue miniseries for Static. Uh, issue 3 is also solicited for December. Uh, then we got Superman Son of Kal-El, issue 7. This is part 4 of Superman Returns, or Kal-El Returns, I should say. Uh... Well, it's, you know, I'm sure this will all be obvious as they're coming out because they'll come out in the weeks that make sense. But uh, yeah. yeah, obviously we're bouncing around because we're going alphabetical. Yeah. Uh, Superman Space Age issue three, uh, the final part of the Mark Russell mm-hmm. uh, book. Um, is this black label or is it just black label and stale? I'm not sure because I don't see the I can't see the covers to see if yeah. there's a black label on there. But it might just be in style because it's a. Uh... You know, ten dollar eighty pager yeah. prestige style. So, oh well. Uh, sort of Asriel issue four. All twelve people who are buying that will be happy. It's not been cancelled before it finishes at six issues. I'm sorry. I I make fun of Asriel every single time he pops up on the solicits. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I should okay. hold back. I should hold back. Issue five has also been solicited as well for for December. For mm-hmm. the record. Uh, but the Batman Scooby Doo Mysteries issue two. Oh, cool. Uh, coming in November. Uh, the Flash seven eight eight coming in November, and this is uh, continuing the 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 Wolf stuff, you know, uh, yeah. from Iron Heights. Uh, that was seated way way long time ago. It feels like now, right? I think it's just because we've been doing the Dark Crisis tie-ins, yeah. and there was a little bit before that that you know. So yeah, it felt it feels like a while now, but it's nice that they're going back to that, and we're getting because that was a really interesting uh, little thing they were teasing in there. Yep. Uh, then we got the Flash, the fastest man alive, issue three, uh, by Kenny Porter. This is the third and final issue of this. Yep. So, cool. The Human Target issue nine. So excited to be having that back. Hey, oh, yep. this cover. Oh, God. Send it. <laughs> it. It's the Smallwood cover, I take it? Or is it the Frank Avila? This is the Smallwood cover. Okay, yep, send it. Um. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's basically a chance standing in, like, Batman Shadow. Uh turning around looking scared it's just i mean we talk about he's like his his facial expressions Bro. is just something else it like you're talking about that one cover looking like a 70s cover this looks like a 60s cover to mm-hmm. like a movie like a poster like oh my god small one's so good like very, very good. i was i was you know me and my wife were watching riverdale season six and you know it's it's riverdale right but i was telling her that because it's really getting into the horror side of things and I, I brought up how I read a book called Vampironica, all because Greg Smallwood did the art in the first two issues. Um, and yeah, he even made that concept work. So, you know, human target, white, like like a match made in heaven. Yep. Um, you and the 58-year-olds all watching the CW? Yes. Did you see that this week? my demo. I did not. No, uh, turns out the average age of, the, of a CW viewer right now is 58. 
at 36, I'm not helping that average at all. But we're, not, <laughs> we're, we're watching it on Netflix, though. So, yeah. You know. yeah. I assume it doesn't count people watching it on streaming services yeah. and stuff, but it's, it's yeah. still kind of funny. That's uh, very funny. So, the, uh, the Joker, The Man Who Stopped Laughing, issue two. This is a Matthew Rosenberg book. Uh, that is... Uh, I don't remember this at all from last month. What is this? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's a... It's- it seems like in the tone of the Joker movie. Mm. But, yeah, what if the best version of you is on national television committing shocking acts of atrocity that can only be perpetrated by a mind as bent as broken as the Joker's? Clown Prince of Crime is about to find a shocking new truth. Yeah, I think this is actually kind of following up to the, the previous ongoing. This is kind of what's replaced it, because it's not yeah. a miniseries. Man, but yeah, it's got um, Rosenberg and then the art by Gia Domenico. And, yeah, and Fra- uh, but Frank Avila Frank was the, the fill-in on the, the first uh, yeah. series. So, uh, yeah, I think this is just a continuation, but they, yeah. they, they retitled and numbered it with a new creative team to gotcha. make it distinct because uh, the tiny one ended. Well, and, and they're soliciting uh, issue three as well. Yeah. So. Uh, there's a really cool variant, actually, on the on that issue two, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. Oh, there's a Christmassy one on issue three with a uh, that has to be a. Uh... Oh, I don't know who that. Oh, that's Beharmos. But I, I thought it was Behar. I just didn't see his name initially there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's a little kid dressed as Robin sitting on uh, Joker's lap, but Joker's dressed oh. as Santa. It's, oh no! Is that's a good cover. That's a good cover. Uh, I'll send Matt. Uh, Matt needs to see it. Uh, oh no! <laughs> Someone said this episode is me sending you covers now. Uh, no. So, yes, enjoy that. Uh, oh, no! <laughs> Those are my favorite kind of, of Christmas pictures, though, the kids freaking out with mm. Santa. Now you just add the creepy layer of, of Santa being Joker and the kid being Robin. Oof, that is that is a Silent Night, Deadly Night cover, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it looks a little bit, yeah. Uh, punish! Punish! Naughty! Yeah. I recommend Santa, Deadly Night. And then, of course, part two, which has got the infamous It's Garbage Day! Which is one of the oh, best sequences in movie history. Yeah. What is it? Prom Night 2 is like that, where it wasn't Prom Night, right? They just threw a uh, threw the title on another movie, and they said, the show I was listening to called it In the Vein of Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, where things are just happening <clears throat> because... Um, well, so, I mean, yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 was definitely made as a sequel it was it wasn't yes. just thrown onto it, but uh half the movie's flashbacks to the original. Yeah. Well uh, and that's and, and that's what they were talking about that in I guess in, in Prom Night Two, there's a lot of shenanigans with flashbacks and stuff that, But that yeah. new half is entertaining enough and stupid yeah. enough that it is well worth watching regardless. It's, it's, gonna, it's gonna be watched this year because I watched Silent Night, Deadly Night last year. Oh good, good, yeah. good. Yeah. Uh anyway, next up on the solicits list. Uh, the new champion is Shazam issue four. Mm. So that wraps up in November. Uh, makes sense. Yep. Uh, unsurprisingly, the Doctrineer cover's very good. Well, so is that uh, third cover, which is uh, Mary Marvel popping some bubblegum and surrounded by lightning. That's kind of cool. Uh, and then we got Nice House in the Lake, issue 12. That is finally coming to Ooh, an wee, end. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... Feels like it's been a minute since we've had an issue, right? Yeah. November is packed. It like, is there's so like... much good stuff in November. Jeez. Uh... 
Uh, Tim Drake, Robin issue three, which is the Megan Fitzmartin and Riley Rosmo book, which Connor's going to be forced to re- read by, yeah. by David. Hard miss. Ah, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Titans United Blood Pact issue three uh, of six. So that's coming out uh, in November. And then we got Young Justice Targets issue five by Greg Wiseman. Uh, so that's the penultimate issue of that. Uh, and then that's all the single issues uh, from there. Uh, we have um, various, you know, uh, collected editions mm-hmm. and reprints and whatnot. Uh, Batman and Robin by Tomasi and Gleason Omnibus reprinted, for example, uh, the Omnibus. So that's very cool. Uh, as for anything else of interest in here, uh, the collection of Batman Shadows of the Bat, the Tower, uh, the you know the Tamaki Arkham Tower story, that's coming out in hardcover. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the issues in one big 300-page uh, book. That's That's kind of neat. Uh, so, yeah, uh, good stuff. Uh, yeah, sometimes it takes a while to bring this stuff out because, like, Nightwing Volume Two, Get Grayson is only just coming out. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's only just been solicited here, uh, for December, and I'm like, damn, the last issue of that was a while ago now. You know, like, why, why can't these be quicker? I, I don't get it. And the paperback of the first volume is just coming out in December as well. Yeah. They take their sweet time sometimes. Uh, I'm going to be honest, that was one of the, the better um, solicits that I've read through in a while. I'm, yeah, I'm very excited for a lot of it. I mean, we got we got a John's Justice Society section of, of yeah, just, the just, universe just right now. It had its own corner. It had its own yeah. section of things to talk about. You know, Mark Wade writing Superman in, in a special. You know, I, I'm here for mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. 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 No, a lot of uh, good things. There's a couple of good things starting in October and even more in November. So it looks like we've got some cool things to look forward to uh, later in the year. Um, admittedly, yes, if you're sick of bat books, then yes, stuff like Gotham Year One might not be as exciting, but uh, it just looks good creator-wise and style-wise. So I am pumped. So very nice. All right. With all that said, it is time... To talk about comics so we will start off this week and i've scrolled up here so let me scroll back down <laughs> we will start off with batman one bad day the riddler issue one this is tom king writing with mitch garrods on the art obviously it was hard not to be excited for this particular one shot because of that creative team uh you know this is the the the, you know, the strange adventures at least half of the strange adventures team and the yeah. Uh, you know, Mr. Miracle, Mr. Miracle team. So, super mm-hmm. exciting on that realm, and it is a dense, you know, almost seventy-page book, and it, it, it's you feel every page, and it sounds like a slight, but it's not. No, yes, this, is, this feels the closest. Like I always get a little bit irritated when people use the term graphic novels to describe comics, because to me, graphic novels are kind of one-shot kind of deals, right? This was a graphic novel. Right, this was like a mini series worth of of information in this one shot. Um, yeah, and like, it, you could easily might... split this up into three uh-huh. single issues and release it that way. Yeah, and this might be the best Riddler story I've ever written. Uh, written, uh, <laughs> I've ever read. So, um, well, that's high praise right off the bat. I also thought it was excellent. Yeah. It's um. 
I mean, it's kind of, I don't know if they're all going to do this, but the, I guess the concept here is the idea that, you know, could some of these villains give Batman his one bad day that's bad oh. enough that he might cross the line? And what I like about it, it, it doesn't, like, go into like, the, the, you know, the bad fan fiction of, oh, what would it be yeah. like if Batman actually started killing or killed someone? It yeah. leaves it on this very uh, tasteful, like, ambiguous kind of, almost like the killing joke where it's like, did he do it? Did he actually cross that it's, line finally? I hope every one of these have that Grant Morrison moment that he pointed out from his, I think it was on the Kevin Smith podcast, mm. of of Joker's life being represented by the light, and the light goes out at the end, and it's, you know, Alan Moore left it ambiguous if Joker was still around by the end. I hope they kind of all have a moment like that, because the tension by the end is ramped up so much. Yeah, and this this is kind of a masterclass in writing because like the first few pages, you know, it's, it's this POV from yep. this this unknown character who's just leaving work and he's talking to his wife on the phone about their daughter uh, faking like an illness so she doesn't have to go to her, her soccer, soccer practice. practice. Mm-hmm. And you know, he goes to the elevator, he runs into someone, and it's all POV, and he's it's him like you know texting for a cab. He's going, he's going, usually it's the train home, but he's getting a cab because he he wants to get home quicker to like talk to his daughter, mm-hmm. and. It's yeah, so the nine-panel grid, right? These first few pages, and five panels into the third page, it just goes black. He's looking at his phone. He's yep. he's he's texting his wife, and then it just goes black. And then the next page is security camera footage showing you a different angle where he's coming out of his workplace, looking at his phone, and the Riddler just comes up behind him and shoots him in the back of the head, and it is super brutal. And the reason why I think this is so effective. Is that not only do you get that great sort of suspense of why did it go black? Did some did he get knocked out? And then you find out no, he was just murdered in cold blood. Mm-hmm. But it did a good job of making him feel like a character in three pages where I wouldn't say like I cared about him deeply, but like I cared that he died. I felt bad I that was, he got killed. Yep, I was so bummed out. Because I was like, Oh, so what's this? Is this guy gonna get carjacked or whatever? Did not factor that Riddler was just gonna show up and ice him, you know? Um because I have a very, like, when it came to the Riddler, in my head, he's not a murderer, right? Like, he's a guy that gets off on the puzzles and the riddles, and the whole thing is to show that he's smarter than Batman. And this story plays with that, but this shows a very dark side of Riddler, and King and Garrett's really made it work. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, part, part of this is that he's always, like, killed people here or there, but like, he, he's kind of, like, crossed the line now where he's... Yeah. He's, like, he's, he's kind of, like, bored of just playing games with Batman, yeah. and now he wants... And now this is the story of how Riddler becomes scary. And I think part of making us sympathize with this, this innocent person mm-hmm. who gets killed, this father and husband who gets killed at the start, mm-hmm. is to kind of set up, like, how severe this is. And it, it sets you off in that tone. So as the issue progresses, it's like Riddler, you know, he just waits to be arrested. And he, he gets mm-hmm. interrogated by, by Gordon, and he wants to see Batman. That's all he wants. And he starts mocking Gordon and even tries to claim some responsibility. Because even though this is not in continuity in the sense that, you know, this issue is not in continuity, it uses continuity as its history. So it's yeah. like, you know, that. so he brings up Barbara being shot by the Joker and basically says, yeah, I gave the Joker that idea. I was like, oh, I've already been thinking about doing this. It would be so easy, like, you know. So he's egging Gordon on in the same way that Joker was, right? Yeah. Like he's like, come on, cross the line, man. Come on, and and but the thing is, you believe Riddler, right? Like he, there's there's a what's a, a um a uh, sincerity. There's the word. 
uh, to what he's saying. Uh, and even Gordon's reactions, this is where Garrett just rolls, is the expressions here. Oh, yeah. Too. And the, the overall like, like, sort of palette as well, and the colors and mm-hmm. the the way that the backgrounds look, is it, it, you feel like you're in Seven. Like You feel like you're in a grimy yeah. murder crime yeah. story. Yeah. Uh, the whole time. Uh, it also made me really want to watch the newest Batman movie. Oh, sure, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it... Not that the Riddlers are the same, but they're, this Riddler is a lot closer to that version of Riddler. Yeah, th- this feels like um, a merging of the two. It feels like it's got a lot of that movie Riddler, but a lot yeah. of, you know, sort of classic Riddler as his history. And that's and, when it, it's, it starts and, getting into the flashbacks where the other part of this issue is some of, like, Edward's like childhood, right? Where he went to this posh private school where his father was the uh was the headmaster. headmaster. And he basically he was this, you know, wonderkind of a child who um he, he like his father actually like spanks him with a book in this first flashback because he was the third highest uh in, in the recent <sighs> test and he didn't like, you know, come first you know that's that's it's like you weren't the perfect student so therefore you're going to get punished and, and he makes him he makes him pick a you know or he doesn't make him pick but it's almost like the book that he picks it's a shakespeare right because he says it's the bard yeah and so there's almost a psychological it's more about the psychological than the physical which is what i've always associated with the riddler so again it's tom king playing with that and this I, is why the Riddler is the way he is. Yeah, as we talk about these flashbacks as they come in, uh, you know, it, it does kind of you start to see the shape of how oh, this mm-hmm. kind of influences his personality. And so, mm-hmm. so right now we know that his father's really strict, uh, and basically beats him if he you know doesn't do well mm-hmm. if he, if he isn't exceptional in in his class. Uh, actually, one thing I noticed here about the art is that it's really good. Obviously, this is not a critique. But yeah. the father here, I kept seeing a Kurtwood Smith's face. Bro, I read it in his voice. <laughs> like, That's I, weird. I was just seeing like, like real... slightly older Kurtwood Smith from Robocop, just with the yeah. mustache. And that's what I was seeing like, the entire time. Man, we didn't talk about this at all before, guys. No, no, so we didn't. The fact, the fact that you saw that as him and I read it in Red Foreman's voice, because it's the names that he calls him, too. Then I'm just like, man, this guy... No chill. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was never at that 70s show guy, so... I, I, that's fine. That, that's how I primarily know him, because I didn't grow up watching RoboCop. So then when I saw RoboCop finally, it was like, oh, Red Foreman's the bad guy. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, so. Uh, yeah, exceptionally well done. Uh, you know, the, the father's screaming, are you the son of a whore, as he spanks him with this book, mm-hmm. and he's like, no father, no father, I'm your son. They're like... It's super, you know, he's very, he's abusive both physically and mentally. This is like, yep. you know, horrible parenting, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. And then we go to the funeral for the, you know, the, the guy who the died guy. at the start, right? Yeah, Oates, uh, his mm-hmm. name is. Um, and it's Bruce is at the funeral and he ends up talking to the widow. And she's like, wait, Bruce Wayne, why are you here? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I, you know, I heard about what happened. I, I wanted to show up and show, show about, uh, you know, whatever. And she ends up, you know, crying into his arm and is, you know, she's breaking down. She's struggling uh, with this. Yeah, it, it's very much kind of, this is the type of Bruce that I like to see because it's one that he's grappling with, you know. It's not that he failed, right? It's that, like, how he couldn't have ever predicted this. Yeah. But know, he still feels responsible for it. Yeah, as we learn, like, you know, part of Riddler's thing this time is that he always leaves clues and wants to, like, mm-hmm. almost tempt batman to find yep. him and figure it out 
this was what Riddler can do when he doesn't do that. This is Riddler just yep. out of the blue, randomly just doing something with no clues. So yeah, yeah he, he could never have stopped this. This was completely sudden, no. and just you know, out of but nowhere. He, but he still feels responsible, and when he goes and talks with her, and she just leans into him, it was another Garrett's just nailing the the composition because it's just like when when the guy when it goes black in the beginning. I just felt the emotion here. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, you get her, you know, her sort of trying to talk about the reception and how there's like a, a buffet mm-hmm. and like the sandwiches and stuff mm-hmm. to have, and she's just she's just talking about stuff that doesn't matter to try and like ignore the pain, but then right. she breaks down. And again, this is to, so that Bruce sees the effect of what Riddler's done and yep. really selling the idea that this is maybe going to also be what convinces Batman to to cross some line. Mm-hmm. potentially later on right and i think it should always be potentially it should never like i'm a little bit worried that some of these other one shots might actually be more explicit with it and just have them do stuff at the end i don't i don't know because i'm looking at some of the creative teams and i think they have their strength right yeah i mean there are, yeah, knew... there's good teams don't yeah. get me wrong there is yeah, yeah, yeah um but yeah i'm i'm not like yeah i'm not as worried as you are but again tom king's done how many issues of batman so he kind of gets the whole Bruce Wayne. Ah, about a hundred, give or take, now. <laughs> yeah, right. So he knows the Bruce Wayne mentality, and uh, yeah, so I, I feel like that that helped this one here. Yeah, uh, and we go to the other next flashback, which is uh, Edward in school, and he gets upset with his teacher, who seems like a pretty chill guy to be honest. Yeah. But he gets upset because he puts like a riddle at the end of his his tests and he says i can't possibly have learned this this is like this is why i lost a couple of points on that last test is because there's this riddle at the end um and you know it, it's kind of a trick question because it says what's the you know what is the most commonly misspelled word or sorry what's what is commonly spelled incorrectly in the english language and the trick answer is incorrectly because it's spelled incorrectly. <laughs> right. Right. You know, it's just a silly and, joke almost. And, and and Eddie says that it's enough, right? And he's upset that it was worth points and it should have been worth to him extra. And it should have been extra credit because this is not something you could study for. Um, and it's just, again, it's a peek into a mind of a broken boy because, like, this teacher doesn't know he's getting beat with a book for not being number one on the test you know so the teacher's just like hey ed you're fine man you do so well why are you so worried and you know it's just again it's it's a tragedy yeah i mean right after this where the teacher's like no no this is just supposed to tease your brain and make you think differently Mm -hmm. uh edward goes back to his dad's office and pulls out his his dad's gun and actually pulls the trigger in his head it just happens to not be loaded Mm -hmm. uh and then he bends over like he did before he gets spanked and he just but there's no one there he's just doing it right. on instinct it's right. like this weird sad thing um and then we cut to like some schmuck underwater uh terrified for his life is then pulled out uh and we just see the glove like i, I love how this this book doesn't like throw batman in your face like and you know it, it really yeah. slowly teases him out where you just see the glove you just see a little bit of him here or there you know, he's in silhouette in the next full he's, page spread. He's fishing for sharks in the Gotham Harbor with a henchman, and I love it. Yeah, he's questioning some henchmen. We get better context for this, who this is yeah. uh, in the next couple of scenes. But then we yeah. see Riddler convinces, uh, like, the, like, the person in the next cell to mm-hmm. to kill himself. <laughs> like, we just get this brutal, violent thing where this guy yep. stabbed himself in the neck. Um, and... Like Riddler's just sort of in the next cell, just with a sort of looking 
over, just all, mm -hmm. you know. And, like, Gordon's saying he still wants, uh, to, you know, Riddler still wants to see Batman, and he, he won't talk to anyone mm -hmm. but Batman. Uh, and I love how Batman's, like, on his way to Arkham, and as he's, like, travelling past people, he, he sees, like, a mugging happening. He doesn't even get out of the car, he just fires, like, a... Uh, a bind that takes uh -huh. the guy out and that's it and he just keeps driving it's like yeah. no I don't have time for this like, there's bigger fish nope. to fry right now uh, but he he actually finds Riddler's father I said he was on his way to Arkham that was a lie he's on, he's on his way to Riddler's father who right. he's found in this little shack uh, and the art here is just oh god like yep. Batman just in this moody sort of silhouette but you can just see the, the logo in the chest Um, he goes up to the door and we get the next flashback where Edward goes back to the teacher and he, he wants to talk more about this riddle. And he's like, you, you know, you, we shouldn't, it shouldn't be worth points, that kind of thing. And the guy's like, look, this is all about, like, you know, you, you need to loosen up a little bit. You, it, not everything can be, you know, just learned. You have to actually sort of adapt a little bit. Uh, and then we come back to Arkham and Riddler, who apparently was nice enough to this guard before, uh, when the guard's putting his tray of food into the slot, uh, angles the tray up into the guy's hands so it gets caught on the, the slot yeah. until his fingers get cut off. Uh, we actually get three panels and a nine panel grid of like, the fingers and the blood going down the tray of food until the, the fingers come. It, what, wonderful. <laughs> it's so visceral too. Like Garrett's yeah. art there because it's just, you can see the, the numerous times that the tray is going into the fingers until they're not there anymore. And it just, oh man, it made my skin crawl. Yeah, it's it's really good stuff. And again, it's selling that Riddler is like just this vicious monster now. Um, it, you know, he's coming across, I guess, a little Hannibal Lecter in a sense, that he could just yeah. do this at any moment's notice, despite how smart he is. Uh, yeah. So Batman's with Riddler's dad, who, you know, fires a shotgun at him. There's a great couple of panels where Batman's just dodging shotgun blasts <laughs> uh, with the flash of light coming from them. And he's you know, he's here to talk about uh about obviously Riddler, and he explains uh you know that basically he he's disappointed that he became this this character this Riddler character he was setting his son up to be on this path but uh you know he he basically went off and to to play games instead and it kind of sets this 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 theme of breaking away from the strict regime to play games. And you can sort of almost see this forming here where his dad was so strict that Riddler completely had to like go the other way uh, with all of his knowledge. And that's why he started doing what he did with uh, all the riddles and, and playing with Batman and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, th this guy is just this you know, old grump now who's drinking in his shack. He's just kind of sad yeah. and pathetic. Um, I mean, for someone that was a headmaster at the most prestigious school, a prestigious school in Gotham, He's fallen very, very far. Yep, yep. Uh, and of course, Batman's final question here is, who's the mother? Um, which is very important. And then we get the flashback back to where he's with his dad again. Um, yeah. So, in fact, yeah. it's... Um, basically, he, he tricks him by telling him it was a fire. Maybe even started a fire so that it was true. But he's there to cheat. He goes into the, the, the lockers that have all the test mm -hmm. uh, keys and stuff in them. And he sees what the riddle is. and But he gets caught, of course, because uh, the teacher, when he sees him, like, he 
you know, he's like, he changes the, he changed the riddle at the last minute, so that means the only way he could have put down the answer to the previous riddle is if he had seen it and didn't even bother to yep. read the fact that it changed. So, you know, is this, you know, he tries to rig the game and it doesn't work very well. Before we get to that, though, Jim Gordon wants to put a straitjacket on Riddler and he wants all mm-hmm. these SWAT team guys to, like, hold him and, and put it on him. And Riddler starts naming all of the SWAT team's, like, uh, kids and that he'll kill them all if any of them touch him. Like, he's done being touched by anyone. Yeah, uh, and he says, he says, like, I'm going to get out. I get out every time. Yep. Yeah, there's no bars that can hold me. And guess what? I'm coming to your house and I'm going to his house. So, um, which then makes the guards shoot at each other. Well, I think one guard tries to shoot a Riddler because, yeah. like, well, we have to kill him because it's the only way yeah. to make sure there's there's no threat. And then the other guards try to stop it. It ends up just being a bloodbath. Uh, and it's just left with Gordon on his knees saying, Jesus Christ, as all these dead bodies are around him. And it really sets up this, this new idea that Riddler is becoming ultra-powerful because everyone's scared that he'll just come after them um, if he wants to. And we find out that, you know, Batman's investigating and talking... Uh, to the neighbor of Riddler's mother, because uh, mm-hmm. Riddler's mother's dead, and the neighbor's telling the story of she heard someone come to her, her door, and there was like shouting, and then she went missing, and it turned out she was killed. Uh, we also find out she's a prostitute, and that she'd been doing that for many years, and that you know part of like uh, his father's like strictness was like him trying to like atone mm-hmm. for the fact that he had a child with a prostitute. He felt ashamed yeah. by that. So he was trying to like beat him into shape and beat him into this, you know, this prodigy. So yeah, it's a super dark story. It's very sad. Um, and you know, uh, Batman gets called with a bat signal to Gordon, and Gordon's like, "Yeah, Riddler's waiting for you in the basketball court at Arkham, and none of the guards wanting to bind him. Everyone's too scared to do anything with him. You're the only one who can do anything now. You have to go and see him." Uh, and you feel a lot of epicness here. I think the glow of light coming off the bat signal that's like hitting Gordon's yeah. face is is really strong, and uh, again adds so much atmosphere. Like the, the, everything's mm-hmm. raining by this point. Um, and then you get the scene where the the teacher in the flashback is like, "Hey, you have to learn to like you know like you're doing all this hard work for your future, but like then what? Like you have to learn to like stop and just like." enjoy life and play a game once in a while as he's like throwing some basketballs at the at the hoops and Riddler doesn't take this too well uh, young Edward snaps and kicks the teacher on the back of the head um, and then starts ramming his face into the ground uh, until he's dead uh, this is it his, is so brutal it is so brutal it's his first yeah. victim it is a big yeah. you know crescendo moment um, and you really, you know, you get this idea that, like, all, the, all these things have been planted here by King for, like, the strict father who made him this intelligence, so that's why he's as smart as he is. But then you've got the idea that someone was trying to teach him uh, the riddles. Mm-hmm. So his obsession with riddles is the thing that kind of, like, stumped him. Is, is kind right. of why it became his it's, thing. Yeah, it's why it becomes his fixation. Yeah. You know, it's the, and it's why he has to show that he's smarter than Batman. Uh, there's also a line where they talk about, you know, that he he is smarter than than Luther and and um, Mr. Terrific. And, you know, but it's these little gimmicks that has always leads to his downfall. So it also shows like, you know, that that fixation is why. And without that fixation, look how dangerous he is. 
Yeah, because that's his whole thing is that he plays with Batman in the sense that he mm-hmm. he leaves Batman clues because he wants to see if Batman can figure it out, and he usually does. Well, you know, yeah. that's that's kind of the thing. He usually does figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, Batman arrives. Uh, so you get this nice transition from the basketball court of the flashback to the basketball court of the the present day. And Riddler's actually, and this is the thing, if you told me before I read this, there's going to be a scene where Riddler's like shooting basketball hoops, <laughs> I'd have been like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. But no, it makes complete sense at this point. It represents kind of like, you know, this uh, link back to his past now. Uh, and he's basically like, you know what, Batman? I-, I could threaten to kill one of the Robins, maybe not even one of the boys, maybe Cassandra or Stephanie. Oh, and that's the other thing. He, he casually just drops a reference to uh, the Wayne's murder. And he's like, yeah, of course I know. Of course I figured out that you're Bruce Wayne, like, you know, like, uh, yeah. I'm a genius. And it's not just that, it's like, yeah, you used to go to Wayne Manor and get into your safe. But not just the safe that, you know, is in the wall, but the one that was in your room, where you keep that, that, uh, messed up pearl. Or what's it, what's he called it? Like, um, basically, as he's saying, it's one of Martha's pearls. Yeah. That he picked up. And it's like, there's no way he could have known this without actually doing it and it just adds to that creep factor even more yeah uh and you know batman's in silhouette and he, he doesn't want to believe it he says lies and whatnot and you know he threatens the robins and the batgirls and then says but you know what like you think they can take care of themselves so how about this how about anytime you ever touch me again in any way for every time you touch me i will kill a random innocent person and that will be on you uh and then, you know, after this, you know, I mean, Batman does grab him once here. <laughs> he grabs him by the mm-hmm. neck. Um, like, um, and that's that's where I, it starts to feel like um, the Killing Joke, because mm. of the way that that Batman's drawn, and you just see him, the hand slowly come into each frame, and you know, Riddler's expression changes. Yeah, yeah, he gets scared, but then Batman says, "No one lets him go." And Riddler starts gloating, like, see, I win in the end. Like, you know, I, I, I'm going yeah. to always win here. Um, so, yeah, basically, and he also confirms that he killed his mother. He said, yeah, like, one of my henchmen, henchmen went to her as a prostitute and mentioned her. So that's how he found her. So he's the one that ended uh-huh. up killing her. And it was almost like Riddler, because he, he says he asked her the question of, like, who he is. And, you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, you know, why is he the way that he is? And... He, it was in the moment before she could answer that he killed her because he didn't want there to be an answer. Like, this is the one riddle he never wants solved kind mm-hmm. of thing. Or can't, or maybe just can't handle being solved. Yeah. So, he's done playing games, you know? He's, he's done. He played games with Batman for a long time. Um, and, like, I'm smarter than you. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, and, you know, Batman gets angry. You know, there's, there's you know, children without a father because you wanted to make a point by killing that innocent person. Mm-hmm. And... He's like, yeah, whatever. And he's like, the, the the gate to the back of this place is open. I'm leaving, and no one's going to arrest me. Um, and you get that sense as well. Uh, right after this, and obviously the art looks fantastic as he's walking away in the rain. Mm-hmm. It looks really good. Uh, this idea that Batman is powerless in this moment because there's nothing he can do, and it does. And I was kind of starting to think at this point, like, how do you solve how dangerous he is now without killing him? This idea yeah. that he will just start killing random innocent people if anyone does anything to him. And, you know, from there you start to get, um, you know, various things. Like, you know, Bruce goes to see the widow of the, the dead guy again and tries to tell her that he, he, you know, why Riddler killed him to give her some sense of closure. And 
she's obviously upset she's crying a mm-hmm. uh, really smart bit of framing here it's an nine panel grid and the middle so bruce is on the left panel she's on the right panel and in the middle panel is like the family portrait on the wall so a lot of thoughts went into like how to frame this to kind of like always have it hanging over the conversation uh mm-hmm. so it's very good stuff um but yeah so again the themes of games come back into it uh you know, talking about her daughter wanting to play soccer. She's like, it's just a game. She's like, no, it's, it's just a game when you're watching it, but to me, when I'm there, it's not a game. It's not. It's, it's all real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the bat signals in the sky, and basically you get the sense that, like, everyone's scared. Like, the mob bosses are all saying Riddler's untouchable. Um, the police don't touch Riddler. The banks have all agreed to just give him whatever he wants if he ever walks in and asks for anything, because he's basically just saying, like, I will kill you or anyone you care about. If you, if you, if you don't do what I want, if you harm mm-hmm. me, if you say no to me, and it really sets us up. So the final scene, of this whole issue, you know, Batman's looking up at the signal, and the last panel of him looking up at the signal, which is a really nice little touch, because it's like a, it's dual panels of both mm-hmm. Batman and Riddler looking up at the signal in the sky, and the last panel is Batman putting his head down as if he, he feels powerless and can't do anything, and Riddler looking up at the signal in this kind of almost gloaty kind of way. Um, mm-hmm. apparently Max is just even surrendered to authorities because he's not a god anymore because Riddler's like Because too... Riddler is, yeah. Well, and the other thing with the with the crime bosses, none of them were going to play ball, but then all five of their wives ended up dead. Yeah, yeah, that was the other thing, and, yeah. And so he, yeah, so they're like, oh no, we're, we're, we're playing ball now. And it's like, oh my god, yeah. And just, and now he's starting to go through the other you know, the other rogues from, from Batman's gallery, you know, and, and yeah, it's hooey. And then the final scene is a POV scene from Riddler where he's looking at the mirror, he's putting on his hat and we're hearing from the, the phone. Uh, uh, he's basically, he's got like a camera bugged up and like next to the bat signal and it's Batman talking to Gordon. So, and it's been them having this conversation talking about like everything he's doing and Batman's like, like, yeah, he, he knows that I've got a witness for mercy and I, he, you know, I know he's bugged us. I know he's listening to us now. Um, but then as it keeps going, um, he starts saying, you know, he wouldn't question himself that he could change. Uh, they would never let, that I would never let go of the reins that hold, hold me back kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. and that was his mistake. He, he thinks he knows me. That was Batman's mistake as well. He thought he knew Riddler, and Riddler changed. Riddler became this more vicious, you know, version. And the final page, which is exactly the same as that, that the end of that first scene, which is the first five panels have, you know, the rest of the scene, and then the last four panels are black. Is Riddler, uh, you know, looks down to pick up his hat once again, uh, and it's becoming clear from like the the live feed of the the roof that it's actually a recording and that it's not really happening mm-hmm. right now, that Batman's outsmarted them. And when yeah. Riddler puts his hat on, he sees Batman standing behind him and you sort of hear the recording playing. Uh, Batman saying, riddle me this, Edward. Though we meet once, but you know me forever thereafter, what am I? And Riddler looks scared and then the panels go to black and that's the uh-huh. end of the book. This is a Oof. This was a phenomenal issue and this ending is perfect. Uh, yep. You know, like obviously, I never want Batman to kill, but no. if the if the point of this is to explore what could what some of these villains do to push them that far, the idea that 
Riddler is effectively becoming a dictator of Gotham because everyone's mm-hmm. too scared to touch him. Yeah, and and when you think about the real world stuff about how people rule through fear like that, where someone thinks they're untouchable, but if you can make other people feel that they're untouchable, then it's the same thing, right? Of them being actually. And so, but it takes someone to finally be like, well, I got nothing to lose, right? So that's where Batman's like, well, I got this. I can, I can beat him. Um, and, and yeah, man, when, when you realize it's a recording at the end and that he's not on the rooftop, he's in the room. I, man, it was so good. Yeah, it's like straight up comeuppance as well, because the book starts mm-hmm. with Riddler doing this to someone else, and it's like brutal, yeah. and it's like unjust, and at the end, the same thing happens to him, and it's, you know, it's, it's this great moment. And, you, you know, you don't have to read it as he actually kills him, you can, I mean, even though the riddle at the end implies that it's going to be death, you know, that's what the riddle's kind of getting mm-hmm. at, is I feel like, yeah, you, you can read this in different ways of like, no, Batman can still scare him, he is not untouchable. Um, right. even if Batman himself has to just lock him up in a cage that, yep. you know, is just, like, only the Bat family have got access to it and, like, no one else can get to <laughs> Hey, Robin's not using that secret prison anymore. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You I know. mean, you, you can read it that way if you want. You can read it as this is what it finally takes to do it. But it uh-huh. does a great job of, like, making Riddler seem scary and everyone is terrified it's... of him. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's similar to that story that I couldn't, I can't find the name of. I was searching for it as we were talking. But there's a story with the Scarecrow that's very similar. Mm. There was two issues in a Detective Comics where someone challenges Scarecrow to be scary without using toxin. And he basically becomes a serial killer and gets Gotham to hold still for like a month, you know, and, until Batman can figure out what's his next move because he's not using any gimmicks. So then you take someone like Riddler, who is smart, and you give him the no gimmicks thing and it turns him into an actual like scary threat. Like you said, I didn't think about Hannibal Lecter until you brought that up. But it is very Hannibal Lecter, you know, um, about doing things because he can. And then you have the whole tragic backstory that, you know, he was a gifted kid, but he got pushed too hard in the wrong direction, you know. Well, and maybe if his dad had not pushed him as hard and let him, you know, basically enjoy life and not have to be the best at everything, then, you know, who knows what Riddler would have became. Yeah, I mean, you know? he was basically pushed to believe that, like, f- failure was not an option. You have to be right. the best at everything. There was no, you know, the amount of stress that was put upon him is mm-hmm. severe. So, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's an interesting origin for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the story itself really sells him as this, like, scary villain. And the idea of, like, that this whole thing building up to the possible motivation for Batman to break his one rule. Uh, Mm-hmm. it's really well done so yeah uh garrett's arts too so when it shifts between the the flashback and it has an orange kind of sheen yeah. over all of it i thought that was really cool because it contrasts with the dark part of what's going on uh also the color green throughout because of riddler's color scheme and whatever like that scene on the basketball court where it's just him and batman and the whole thing looks green has that shade on it man it's just it's so so good uh him yeah. with the with the panda eyes and, and that he has going on the whole time, it just makes him look that much creepier. I don't know what it is about it, but uh, yeah, man, this, this was an all time Riddler story. Um, and up to this point, my favorite Riddler stuff was the Paul Dini, him trying to turn a new leaf and become a private detective. 
Oh yeah, I will say this, that this this origin story does not work with uh, that version of Riddler that tries to turn over no. a new leaf. <laughs> this no, is... not at all. Yeah. So, I just want to point out that up till then, like, when you think of definitive Riddler stories, I really can't think of any. Right? I, I mean, spoilers for other stuff, but like, he ends up being the the reason that Hush happens. Right? But it's not his story. Um, but... No. So there's not that one Riddler story, uh, but I did enjoy the Paul Dini stuff. I'm trying to go straight and prove that he's smarter than Batman and he has that chip on his shoulder. Um, and here I feel like we have that definitive Riddler story now, whether it's continuity or not. If someone wants to understand the Riddler and why the Riddler is a scary villain in Gotham when you have Joker running around, this Tom King and Mitch Garrett really did a good job of that. Yeah, R's phenomenal. Uh, the the way the story builds up and sets up, it's it's you know it's it really is a great one and done story of building up to this mm-hmm. ending and kind of the point of it. Uh, yeah. and it's probably a very similar length to Killing Joke. All these will be because Killing yeah. Joke's only about sixty pages, yeah. maybe eighty pages, something like that. You know, it's not a, a super no. long story. So, no, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I was I was super into it. Uh. Mm-hmm. And you know the, the the bar's been set quite high for these one bad day, one shots now because uh, for sure we'll we'll see if any can live up to this one or if this is the the peak of them. But uh, what are you giving one bad day of the Riddler? So I have no bad things to say about this except that it took me three tries to read just because it was so long. <laughs> and, and with that being said, this was a ten. <sighs> yeah. Um. <laughs> I want to give it a 10 yeah uh, yeah sure I'll give it a 10 yeah I, I really can't like if I want it like there's not bad characterization I feel Batman's handled really well yeah they, I like all the Bruce stuff the only like, possible like minor critique I could even uh-huh. throw at it is does it even make sense that no one else tried to kill him before potentially Batman did like you know surely right. someone could have snuck up behind him and just popped him in the back of the head <laughs> Right, but when the, when that's the whole thing, though, yeah. if they feel he's untouchable, they don't want to deal with the consequences. You know, they don't they don't know if he's got a crew of people. That's how I would you know rationalize all that. Yeah, yeah, so, I know, I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, like I say, it's it's a reach. It's a reach for a critique because I don't really have any other ones. Yeah. Uh, so no, fantastic. Uh, the more mm-hmm. Tom Kenny and Mitch Garrods and my life I can have, uh, like the better. Yeah, so so far between like now Human Target, Batman Killing Time, and now this Riddler special, Tom King's really, you know, Superwoman or Supergirl, and and Rorschach, like he's really been on a, a an all time run. Yeah, Strange right Adventures now. was overlapping that as well. Yeah, Stranger, Strange Adventures. So, like we're we're going good. I mean, it's almost like we don't have to talk about that other book that no one likes to talk about. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, but yeah, just let Tom Keem keep telling these type of stuff. Anytime Mitch wants to team with him, I'm here for it. And I hope enough people pre-ordered it that Mitch has to get that stupid tattoo. I haven't seen any updates, so maybe it didn't happen. But uh, people should have read this book, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a bad book. I imagine it'll be read fairly well, especially yeah. when it's... Co- when I don't know how they're going to collect them, maybe. Yeah. Because, I mean, given that it's about 70 pages, uh, yeah. and there's, what, eight of these... I have yeah. to imagine there'll be two volumes, like maybe four each. Yeah. Just to keep the size down a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, but there you go, that is Batman One Bad Day, the Riddler issue one. For for something that I wasn't necessarily that pumped about when they announced it, this was a amazingly mm-hmm. strong start for them. So, uh, yeah. Matt's going to read and enjoy more Batman. Everyone rejoice. I don't think I'm going to read every single one. Although, you know, we all say that, but I'm liking what Chip's doing over in Batman, you know? Uh, Ram B in tech. So, yeah. Like every time I try to get tired of Batman, DC goes, no, you're not. Well, I mean, <laughs> I've, go. I've got a feeling you're going to read the Tamaki one. I've got a feeling that yeah. you'll probably read well, the, the John Ridley one. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you're probably not as attached to Jerry Duggan, but, I mean, Mr. Freeze you like, so I feel like yeah. you'll probably want to try that. Uh, G. Yeah. Willow Wilson doing a Catwoman. I feel like you're going to be into that. Uh, yeah. Joshua Williamson doing Bane. Not as exciting, but... Yeah, but I love Bane and I love Josh Williamson, so like, uh, stop it, true. DC. Uh, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing doing Clayface. Um, that's probably the weakest one so far, although I do yeah. love Clayface. But it is their manic one, the art, so you, you have the art point yeah. on that one. They're, they're throwing it. They're and then just... the final one is Tom Taylor doing Raz yeah. al Ghul. So... Yeah, again, favorites. So you're uh, reading all I, of these, Matt. I'm just going to say. I know, <laughs> right I know. I was trying to say like I wasn't going to. Yeah, so far the the, the Clayface one, but I do like Clayface. But yeah, uh, Tamaki. Who's the artist on the Tamaki one? Oh, hold on, I'll, I'll tell yeah, you. Pull that, pull that back up. Uh, Fernandez, Javier Fernandez. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fernandez, do Two Face. Like Two Face is my favorite Batman villain. Because uh, I don't count Ivy, right? Although Ivy keeps it up, man. She's gonna be back on that villains list. But yeah. Like, yeah. all my favorite villains are here. So, okay. Except for Killer Croc. So, but that may be, you know, who knows? Who's doing the Penguin one? Oh, Jesus Christ, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you put it down. That's why uh, I asked. Giuseppe Camincoli. Yeah, but who's the writer? Oh, John Ridley. Oh, that's right. The Ridley's one. Yeah. Shoot. All right, let's move on, shall we? Uh... Nightwing issue ninety five. Tom Taylor writing with Bruno Redondo back on the art after a uh, after an issue or two off. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is this is exciting stuff. Blockbuster uh, got his sister, uh, Melinda. Yeah, the, the mayor. Um, in the last issue, there's some funny banter. Electrocutioner can't can't change the settings on his electric shocks, which seems a bit silly given that's his whole thing. But you know. Yeah, but he's like, but it's, I have one job, and it's electrocute, so I only need one level. I thought that was real funny. Yeah, but of course Nightwing, you know, pops in mm-hmm. and saves her. Uh, big yep. big sequence of him jumping through the door and drop kicking, uh, whoever that other dude is in the face. The other one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he gets Melinda, and they're on the way out, and Blockbuster's like, "Are oh, you not going through me, Nightwing?" Uh, he's like, "I guess I am," and that's when uh. Melinda's like uh, friend Audrey like runs into him with a car. This is very similar actually to uh, a scene in the second Resident Evil remake uh, okay. in Resident Evil 2 the game uh, where Mr. X uh, is coming after uh, Leon and Ada rams him with a with a car. Yeah. Uh, so. It's a very good trope that they use in action movies a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this it worked very well here. He's a similar uh, size though which is I think what yeah. made me think of it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, obviously Blockbuster's concerned that she knows too much. And we just see how far his, his reach is because the former commissioner who's like, I've got a lot of info on Blockbuster and you're not going to get any of it unless I get full immunity. And it turns out the two cops that are interrogating him are corrupt and are working for Blockbuster and shoot him on the spot. 
because he just said that he would give everything up if he gets yeah, immunity. Uh, Bloodhaven ain't Gotham. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. The, the cops in Bloodhaven are way worse. Oh, yeah. Because five yeah. minutes later, Maggie Sawyer comes yeah. in and is like, yeah. wait a minute, who the hell was talking to him? And she feels that she can't trust most of the force. Like, she's right. going to have to, like, wean out the force over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, he's like, shit, we can't do anything. And that's when uh, Melinda's like, hey, I've got something for you. And takes her to the roof where Nightwing and Batwoman are waiting. And he's like, no, we mm-hmm. actually have the info that, that, you know, the former commissioner said he had. Because mm-hmm. uh, Melinda knows it all. And we have to take down all of his operations at the same time. And we can stop a lot of it. So this is this is a big issue. This is a big like culminating issue for yeah. Nightwing working with the police to like take down all of blockbuster stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I love the reasoning for Batwoman being here because I saw her, I was like, oh cool, Batwoman's there. But it's like, oh, this is so that Maggie will like Maggie. take it more seriously because yep. she has a, a history with Kate. I was like, oh, okay, that's really smart. I actually yeah. really appreciate that. Um, and I love the what's the deal with you two? I was supposed to marry her. Oh, and just dick the awkwardness there. Yeah, it was, it was super funny. Yeah, that was good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously the Teen Titans, like Dick's Teen Titans, and the Bat Family show up to like be the help to like go around and take all these things down. Because Maggie's like, I can't trust most of my police force. Like, who yep. who am I supposed to do this with? It's like, oh, sorry, we've got people. So it's this, it's this multi sort of tiered action thing where yep. there's like there's a boat to take out, there's a plane uh-huh. to take out, there's a truck, and there's like a just like a warehouse full of money yep. uh, with uh, Maroni that's sitting about yeah, coming through and then yeah so they all split off to take them out at the same time so i like that you got the teen titans going and taking out the 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 shipment on the plane that left mm-hmm. uh bloodhaven you have the bat family going after the the boat right um you have you have dick and and that crew handling one of them so uh it's very i like how the art was structured there yeah it's, it's a two-page layout where like just four very wide panels yep. uh sort of one by one uh wally's going after the truck yeah so the, you, you get like a variety in each panel of like just all these yeah. things happen simultaneously um and when blockbuster realizes this is all happening he's like he wants to retaliate and uh he fires a rocket launcher at haven you know the 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 place for the, the homeless kids that dicks just built he has no chill oh not at all none he, he is immediately on this war path to show how dangerous he is and then Oracle yells uh, that Blockbusters hit Haven. So he runs off there. He goes up to the, the Haven library where Blockbuster has two children uh, in his hands. He's going to crush their heads if, if Dick doesn't put down the uh, put and down his sticks. Isn't uh, one of them the, the little boy that his dad got killed by Heartless? That's That sounds right. It probably yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, so Blockbuster starts beating the shit out of Nightwing. And you see the mask come up, and the final page is that he sees who who it is. He sees it's Dick Grayson, who Blockbuster's been pissed at for this mm-hmm. you know, th- this entire run. Blockbuster's hated Dick Grayson for trying to clean up the city. Yeah. So he says Dick Grayson, and the last panel is Blockbuster looking super pissed, like gritting his teeth, like he's ready to like kill him. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was a fantastic issue that paid off like everything that's so, been doing up until now. So good, and again. Drawing the comparisons with Daredevil, right? That was very much a Daredevil kingpin confrontation at the end. Oh sure, yeah. And and like that's not a slight because I love Daredevil. I love that the the everything the mythos behind it. And so the fact that you know, you know that that blockbuster is a kingpin like character that it's that 
Dick's attacking him from two fronts, right? As Dick Grayson and as Nightwing. And now he's kind of lost one of those, you yeah. know, because of, of this. And I'm sure Dick's going to get out of it, right? Like how? I'm not quite sure yet. Um, yeah. His friends have been there the whole time, right? Like, yeah, I'm sure they're going to pop in. I just, I yeah. think what I love about this issue is like, obviously it's paying off like everything up until now with Blockbuster. But it's Blockbuster mm-hmm. immediately just like throwing a fit and just doing something mm-hmm. as chaotic as, you know, taking a rocket launcher and then yep. threatening to kill these kids so he can have a proper fight with Nightwing because he like, yep. you know, he's pissed at him now. And then realizing that this is who he's been fighting all along is a great cliffhanger. I don't know. Everything about it just felt like, okay, this mm-hmm. is like a nice big, uh, it feels like we're ending an act of this run here. Yeah. Uh, before we maybe move back into like the Heartless stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. de- depending how it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I love this issue. Yeah, a small little thing too is on that last page, as as the you know as Blockbuster's looking at Dick, and you just get the oh no. Just it's very small down near the bottom. Um, and the narration, yeah. Yeah, and the narration. So, yeah, man. Now this was a really really solid issue. Like this, uh, Redondo's art's on point. The the colors with the fire, like Blockbuster's already a shade of pink normally. Mm-hmm. So the way that the colors all bounce off of them in the fire with the shading and everything, it's, you know, really comes, comes along. So, um, and just with the, with when, you know, he fires the rocket and just all the green and stuff that's in Haven, um, just the coloring on this is real, real nice. It goes with the yeah. real well. Yeah. I also loved it when, uh, Melinda's taking Maggie up to the roof to meet the uh, Dick and, mm-hmm. and, uh, Kate. Uh, there's a great little, like, the final panel on that page, you see, like, a bit of a cape coming in, so we know it can just be Dick, because, right. well, you know, like, he doesn't have a cape. So, you think, oh, Batgirl, maybe she's there, or maybe it's Batman's with him. Yeah. Uh, it, but, no, it turns out to be Batwoman. And, I, again, mm-hmm. I love the reason for it being her, but uh, yeah, it was just, it was a nice little tease of, like, wait a minute, this is, you know, I was expecting Dick, why is there a cape there? So, it was, just, it was a nice little tease going to the next page, just to, you know, give you, give you a little... Uh, mm-hmm you know, bit of, I don't know, excitement. And, you know, and I always, you know, people always are like, well, why do you like Nightwing or Dick Grayson so much? And it, and it came from a thing that I remember Jeff John saying is that really he's Dick Grayson's the cornerstone of the DCU is that he's kind of the character that Bruce always needed to be to where it's like, yeah, Bruce has allies, but really outside of Superman, does Bruce have any friends where that's all Dick Grayson has. And the fact that he's so, like, he gets them involved to help him. Like, not that he needs their help, but it's just kind of like Bloodhaven's a lot to to clean up, and he can rely on his friends to help, even if he doesn't want them to. And I like that they keep coming back in. I love that the Teen Titans keep showing up. The Bat family, Wally, it just, it shows why Dick Grayson's such a great character in the DCU. Uh, I, I I just I think this run is doing such a good job of being a continuous ongoing story whereas mm-hmm. you know I feel like a lot of other runs right now feel that they're just going arc to arc where they finish yeah. the arc and then they start a new they're arc segmented. and that's it this yeah. feels more like a like there's a sort of game plan thought out where mm-hmm. it's kind of like you know there's overlapping between the Heartless and Blockbuster stuff and I loved their interaction when it happened a few issues ago uh, you know with the, out going out the window and all that shit that was great yep. Uh, so like you know, this this is great because it feels like a culmination of a bunch of stuff, and the cliffhanger is great. And this is a big game changer. You know, Blockbuster knows who he is, 
and maybe some magic character will be brought in to like wipe his memory or something but i you know i'm excited to see at least a little bit of oh blockbuster well, knows who dick Grayson is and that's going to be how he targets him now yeah what also gets me too is that the mayor has the information now if she can stay clean because she was put in there by blockbuster mm-hmm. but if she's turning evidence on him they have stuff to put him away so that might just be enough that he's just in jail and they have to just worry about him ever getting out or beating the charges or whatever. You know, and that's why he's gone for, for a little yeah. bit, but yeah. Um, him knowing that Dick Grayson's Nightwing is a problem, unless it's a Superman thing where he just lets everybody know, uh, you know, but I can't see them doing that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it will go that route. I don't know if Kingpin, sorry, it's right in slip there. Uh, if Blockbuster, uh, will care about revealing who he is. Like, I don't think yeah. it ever matters to him. Uh, Mm-hmm. Unless he just wants to piss him off, but like right. I mean, you know, uh, well, I, I, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But yeah. you know, the cliffhanger is definitely exciting for next issue. Yeah. So, uh, is next issue when they finally take him down and arrest him, or do we spiral into other things? So, right. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, what are you giving Nightwing issue ninety five? I mean, that's one of nine point five. <laughs> I was just gonna yep. go straight nine, but uh, yep. yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> it, it's really the Redondo art back. It's really nice. So yeah, and the story really hit, and it felt it's like Nightwing's like uh, like a comfort food of a comic, but it's also a comfort food that's like good for you. So it just it felt nice. Yeah, no the 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 runs barely missed a step uh, since it mm-hmm. started, and it's felt if you if you're a Dick Grayson fan, if you're a Nightwing mm-hmm. fan, I feel like this run like. Yeah. I can't imagine how you be, could be upset with it because it's it's it's, it's mm-hmm. playing everything in the right way and the the way it tackles the character and how he interacts with the characters around him and the world around him and uh like his heart especially and like what he wants to do for Bloodhaven all of it all of it's been great stuff so and the fact that there's a big bad called Heartless out there that you know the opposite of Dick Grayson heart yeah so is he is the heart of DCU and he's got a yeah. villain named Heartless yes there's an irony yeah. there. Yes, yes, yes. Very good. God, Tom Taylor's so good. All right, that's Nightwing issue net five. The Flash seven eight five. Jeremy Adams writing with a man Kate Hilpin on the art. Uh, this is the final and third part of the search for Barry Allen. Uh, all the different mm-hmm. Flash characters in the multiverse. Uh, with Linda deciding that she wants to go after her kids at the start of the issue, and terrific reluctantly opens up the portal for her, so she dives in. Uh, and we get these stories playing out. This one actually cuts back and forth a little bit more because the last couple issues uh, were very just in thirds. It was like the first third was this Earth, the second third mm-hmm. was this Earth, and the third third was this Earth. And this one does bounce back a little bit more around because, uh, and it kind of has to because obviously yeah. one wraps up and then they pop up in the next story and so on. But, uh, so the kids uh, are with this other child-looking character who is telling them that Night Flash, you know, this Batman-style version of the Flash, is evil, he's a dictator, he's all these things, and these two decide that they want to, like, go after him. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we get the, the backstory, which is kind of a mixture of the Wayne's dying mm-hmm. and also the Flash origin. It's kind of both yep. at the same time. Uh, but, yeah, they're like, oh, we need to prove we're superheroes, so we're going to go after this bad Flash character. We're going to take mm-hmm. him on. That, that's Irie that says that, and, and Jay's like, what? Let's think yeah. about this now, sis. Come yeah. on, let's, let's think about the, the logic of this. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Max Mercury and Jesse Quick are helping uh, Mad Max Barry, <laughs> uh, you know, on his mission. 
petition for a six issue miniseries based off of this earth. I need to know more. Right. I know it's Mad Max meets Flash, but yes. like I need to know. Yeah, like, so what's the deal? Yeah, basically they're gonna hold off the uh the fleet of vehicles and the villains whilst uh Barry goes and puts the last part of magic, the last thing that's magical on this earth at the source. Uh and it turns out later it's to it's to release water so that the world yep. can start to, you know, form again and hydrate. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, and then of course we have uh the real Bally but real Bally, the real Barry who is brainwashed right now, beating up Wally thinking it's Thawne in the uh, Silver Age looking uh world. Uh until Linda is the one that ends up uh saving him mm-hmm. uh bizarrely and snaps him out of it by being quite stern. Uh but sure enough it works. Uh and they go off to find Wallace. Uh-huh. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the twist on the other Earth is that the kid that was with uh, Jay and Irie is actually the villain who is Benjamin Buttoning ever since he got his powers. Yeah, he, he's a Maroni, right? Yeah. Yeah. Knives uh, Maroni, specifically. It's Knives Maroni in that he was there to, to kill Barry's dad, but whatever gave Barry the powers to become the Night Flash started to age him backwards so now he's a kid yeah and uh, i love this idea of a character you know the benjamin button mobster that has a penchant for knives like why not like yeah and also he grabs one of the kids uh multiverse like transport you know watches uh-huh. uh and it kind of implies at the end that he's going to be in an arc of the flashbook we're going to yeah. get knives maroney as a character popping up on the regular earth yes please jeremy adams you're you're doing a lot of fun stuff here yeah, yeah, I was into it. Uh, and then the Mad Max stuff, you know, like, as you expect, the, the two nice. characters deal with everything, and then uh, Barry on this earth smashes this magical orb, which releases water, and mm-hmm. it shoots up out the ground, and happy days. Uh, so, uh, and then the other characters, uh, you know, Wally, Barry, and Linda go to get Wallace from the family home, and all the family members start acting kind of creepy. Uh, but they get him and yep. uh go on their way but the big thing is though is that barry's not going to go with them barry uh-huh. says no like you've described to me what's happened i have to stay and try and find the justice league i'll be the one that does that so it's worth mentioning that the others now like at least you know wally and the other flash characters they know the justice league aren't dead that that's out right. of the bag now they know that they're just trapped somewhere like like he was so he so it looked like Barry had died because he did the disintegration thing too. Yep. But it was just to put him on that world to keep him pacified like the other ones. So, so yeah. So Wally's like, yep. Yeah, so it's up to us to help save the world then. So this actually spins into Dark Crisis 4, uh, but it does also say next time on The Flash. Um, yeah. Actually, it says next time the on The Flash. Uh, it says The Flash family joined forces to fight against Pariah's forces on Earth Zero. So it sounds like... Uh, we're still doing sort of some Dark Crisis tie-in stuff, yeah. even though it's not the official mm-hmm. tie-in anymore, so... Right. Uh, that's interesting. But, yeah, uh, I had fun with this issue. I think this little arc is... It's, you know, some of the, you know, the, the side stories, like in the other universes, yeah. it kind of didn't amount to much. You know, they're, they're kind of, you know, quick and throwaway. But yeah. they were fun enough in what they were. There was I got some chuckles out of them. Um, and... It, it was it was fun seeing some of the the set yeah. pieces. The Mad Max but, Earth was kind of fun to see, especially just because it was such yeah. a, a cool design aesthetic, and the villain was very, you know, it was it was almost like Granny Goodness had had yeah. got some Mad Max gear uh-huh. <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, 
the the thing that got me on the the, the night flash earth is when um Irie and Jay are, are talking about stuff and he calls himself Surge and she's like in it and she's gonna say impulse. She's like, oh now I need a new name. And so I, I did like that. Um they're building up to it. I, I thought they were going yeah. to do it by the end of the issue, but they're, they're yeah. saving it. They're saving it for whenever. Um, I, I like the Night Flash twist, and of course, Barry's had some evil bat dictator, because he still has Barry Allen at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, he's, um, he's just Flash Batman. He's still a good guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, and stuff, and... Um, he was just... Yeah, I just might... He was what? just scary initially, because, you know, Batman's scary to kids, because of course he is. Right. Well, and he's also scary to, to, to adults, you know? Um... But the the one thing that got me was there was the the page where Barry's um going after Wally thinking he's Thon and it's the art on that page is just kind of chaotic and it was hard to read because I didn't know mm. what to follow. Um so yeah, so uh, you know, a little bit better of a layout there, but the art was fine. Um like you said the the design aesthetics in the other earths work out really well. Um I knew Hope and yeah. Solid. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. say it's like an exceptional piece of art, but the No. As as far as house style artists go, I think the Hilpins mm -hmm. up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, it's fun, fun, fun issue. It's been a fun book for a while now. Uh, mm -hmm. if if nothing exceptional, but that's okay. It could just be a fun flash book. Uh, yeah. what are you giving the Flash seven eight five? Yeah, it's a seven point five. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Seven point five is kind of where, mm -hmm. where I'd be sitting as well. So. Good stuff. Batman Superman World's Finest Issue 6, Mark Wade writing with Travis Moore now on the art. Uh which and they are still good, although obviously Dan Mora is, is a tough act to follow. Uh, yeah, however, you could do a lot worse than Travis Moore. The oh, art you, was oh very, you absolutely could. Yeah. Uh, very, so, very gentle and soft kind of art and very welcoming. So yeah, no, the art is very good. And it, this is uh, the story of where Robin landed in time, and it turns out He's uh, towards the end of uh, the the nineteenth century, right? It's eighteen ninety two, mm -hmm. and yep. he would you believe it? He finds a circus to join to sort of pass the time until you know help comes to get him out of the timeline. Yep. And he's got a bit of a mystery. There's a sort of thing where uh, a couple of guys have been killed, and they're blaming it, they've been blaming it on, on the animals. animals, and they're they're going to kill this lion, and and Dick interferes and says, "Nope, I'm not letting you do that. Let's actually prove who the culprit is just now." <laughs> He manages to do modern science in 1892. Um, and between that and some of the dialogue throughout this book, I know Mark Wade is just playing with the silver aginess of it because it feels very intentional. Um, I mean, I don't think the modern science thing's that ridiculous. Like, he, he knows techniques and he's got some tools in his tool belt. Like, I, I can get... I mean, to analyze blood, though, in 1892, to know if they came from an animal, or it's just, you know, I don't know. Maybe I watched too much murder documentaries maybe he knows what the human blood looks like so he, could, he instantly just knows that this is wrong yeah maybe i don't know i just feel that that wade's definitely leaning into the silver ag because it's, it's not like he's checking dna and like you know stuff like that no but but still and also him going to the circus and being the trapeze artist and i was like please don't end this up that he's the first grayson let's not do a time circle no type no, thing. no no and thankfully they didn't yeah, uh, the transition to like Batman showing up is quite fun because Dick's doing the uh, you know his trapeze stuff and yep. um he just sort of gets grabbed by Batman and it's like oh you're here and they kind of like, talk and yeah. it's like yeah they found him by you know because Dick left a message under a rock which they found in the future and they trace it back to then and 
You know, mm-hmm. Superman's there as a classic strong man. He's got his top off, which is you know fits his look because that's kind of what his outfit was originally based on. Yep, I love that part. That was real fun. Yeah. So yeah, it's the, all the, yeah, and the lady in the circus hitting on him. You know, sure, yeah. He's like, what are and what are you made out of? You beefcake? I just that was that was so funny to me. Yeah, so you know, it's all very pleasant. It's kind of nice and lighthearted and fun mm-hmm. uh, with the the mystery to solve. But they, they stick around for a little bit to see, mm-hmm. you know, to solve this this case. Uh, the bad guy sets a fire, of course, and Superman has to put it out. Uh, and it turns out that the guy that we're working for was actually the culprit because he was killing these other thieves that had joined the circus, and there was a right. big bag of money. And you know, it, it, it was all a, a ruse, and you know, Robin yeah. So figures it out. Yeah, these three guys that had joined the circus right before Dick did, and two of them are the ones that end up dead. And so they think it's the one guy, and he's, they're trying to pin it on the. The animals, but come to find out that the the animal trainer uncovered them and wanted to be cut in after they killed the first guy. So then he decided to to flip on them to keep it all for himself. And yeah, he wants bigger shares as he goes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a decent little little story. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a nice lighthearted. I think what I appreciate about this, like you say, the silver agentness of it, there's just yeah. a nice like fun feeling to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is just kind of comforting. Uh, yeah. and the art's pretty solid. Uh, like I, I just I felt this is a really nice time. This book, and even more so this issue because it was away from all the demon stuff. Uh, yeah. I got to just enjoy kind of a fun, like Batman Superman story that featured Robin. I mean, Robin was the main character in this issue, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what they do uh next time. But yeah, there's the start on the Thunder Boy or sorry Boy Thunder uh stuff next issue. Right. So we'll see what they do with that, uh, with this new sidekick style character. But uh, yeah, I had a good time. I, I think uh, it just it had it has this sense of whimsy to it. And I'm not a big whimsy guy generally, but there's a certain sort of yeah. like type of whimsy that I think works in comics because you've got this kind of nostalgia for simpler times. And I think Wade's very much been going for that in the book in general. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think here again. It, it feels like he's really playing it up with all the circus stuff for Robin. Yeah. Well, and then still with the, with the Silver Agey stuff too, of like, oh, we followed your Tachyon trail to, oh, sure. back yeah, to the yeah. past. And it just we hand waves it away in one thing so you can enjoy the story of, of you know, Robin uh, solving a murder in a circus. Um, and like you said, but you're not like, it's nothing to get too caught up on because the story is still so fun and lighthearted that it, it, it goes down real smooth. Uh, all right, what are you giving Batman Superman World's Finest, issue six? Uh, I'm going to give this one an eight. Yeah, I agree with that. Straight eight. Nice and simple, solid. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, Batman The Night, issue eight. Chip Zarsky writing with Carmine DJ Domenico on the art. And this is eight of ten, so we're getting nearish the end of the, this end? of this story. Yeah. Uh, this one... You know, it has a Bruce kind of paranoid that someone's been sabotaging his training mm-hmm. around the world, uh, and he's just leaving this one woman that he's been working with uh, to go to to whoever he's got next. And it turns out it's this guy that he wants to help train his mind with, right? Because his body's ready. He's done all the fighting. Mm-hmm. He's done all the the you know, the jumping off buildings and the the, the cat burglar stuff and all that. Stuff. Yeah. But he goes to this character. Um. Uh, Daniel, Stuck. something yeah. or other. Uh, 
who is like you know one of the smartest men on earth and it's all about training his mind to uh be ready as well the idea that he's still too distracted by his fear and his anger and and all that stuff and he wants to get rid of that uh which as this character puts it later is you, you kind of essentially came to me to become a sociopath Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and obviously it doesn't work and i appreciated that i appreciated that the story here was that he like he realized that he couldn't give up this part of him that it was always going to be there yeah he acts tough as batman he acts very cold and uncaring but but at the end of the day he saw that scared little boy in the alley yeah uh, uh, and that's what he has to overcome to hit the next level not that none of it's useful though because it does like part of this is it yeah. teaches him how to ignore pain it basically convinces his mind that he doesn't feel any pain so yep. we get a little bit of that going going on um so you know there's, there's some interesting ideas uh, kind of sprinkled throughout the bigger stuff in this issue though is that he's convinced that um uh anton. you know anton yeah uh is the one who's been sabotaging his stuff but then it turns out there's a bit of a twist here because anton shows up and he's like trying to warn bruce and anton's like already been hurt and he like you know lays there in pain dying mm-hmm. and it turns out there's this other character who's been following them who's been, like, wanting to deal with them. Um, and I was like, oh, God, please don't be Ghostmaker. <laughs> that, was, that was my thing. Uh, I, Ghostmaker's in this book. I, no, I saw him. I saw him on, on a rooftop. I did see that. Are they going to, like, swerve us here and say that Ghostmaker's Anton? Yes. I fully believe that's where it's going because... It feels like they might be, yeah. Yeah, because it feels like Zdarsky's making a big deal of uh, with the Sky Spider that the person, the Anton, before took her other scarf. And when you see him with the mask on mm-hmm. at the end, it's very Ghostmaker. I, I, did, uh, I did notice that. I did notice that. So, yeah. Um, so, so I was like, oh man, so Anton's following around, but I did like the swerve that we got because what it leads yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, I think it's because we see someone that looks like Ghostmaker, like mm-hmm. uh, really small in a panel earlier on, which is why I thought it was going to be Ghostmaker that was following them. It turned out it's this other character, this new character uh, called Distill. Uh, uh-huh. so but Batman uses uh the other guy's cape here. Uh, it's a red cape, but he, he uses it like a cape here. So you get some sort of like sort of proto Batman type action as he's using I, it to shield himself from the the knives that he's getting thrown at him and stuff. Yeah, as as much as I dislike the Batman tropes, I do like a good you know this is why he wears the cape, right? And it's like mm. to help stop bullets and knives because it's Kevlar lined or or whatever. I always like that you know th- there's. Batman's very utilitarian, so the fact that here this is why he uses it to help guard against the knives, I think, is a cool touch. Yeah, and this fight, you know, with the still takes place in the rain. They're on a cliff's edge. There's lightning in the background. Obviously, they probably go too far to make it dramatic. It's got every every yeah. trick in the book to make it feel dramatic and epic. Uh, but it's it's not a it's not a bad fight by any means. The art's good, the Domenico, mm-hmm. but it does action very well and how it flows. Uh, but of course, Bruce makes this choice that he's not going to be a killer. He goes, he, you know, he grapples him when he's going over the uh, cliff. He ends up falling anyway, but not because Bruce doesn't try. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, uh, but he, he lands on like a like a sort of elevated part, so he doesn't actually get killed anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Bruce comes down and has a, has a bit of a word with him, as it will. Uh, but he says, "I am the right hand man of the one who would save the world," and I'm like, "You, you've got a very." league of assassins look to you dude oh uh, weird yeah so it builds up uh he disappears as the waves crash around him because they're down at the water at this point mm-hmm. and uh you know bruce is pissed because the you know the the, the guy he was with uh was showing him like 
photoshopped images of dead Alfred and stuff to like scare yep. the shit out of him. Um, but ultimately, this is building up, taking off the train with Razal Ghul. Uh, but what's interesting though is that he's back with Anton, and Anton is um, mm. like they've kind of like Bruce is like you know I'm still not approve of like what you did to like some of the previous masters. I you know I'm not mm-hmm. approving of killing. Uh, but there's kind of like a, an understanding and that they're both still going after. The, at the very least, Anton did try to warn them. He's not just some, you know, killer. Just mm-hmm. He's not just a killer, anyway. There is more complex layers to him. Right. Uh, and and the still has been following him since they left the Sensei in the Himalayas. So, yes. you know, so it's been a long time. So Roz has had his eye on these two since at least then. Um, which... We kind of were feeling that all those issues ago. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you know it says they're off to see Razal Ghul at the end, which mm-hmm. is which is fun. Um, this being a stealth backdoor origin of Ghostmaker, uh, like it actually works well enough in how it's happened, but on principle, I'm angry at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't make me like Ghostmaker, Zadarsky. Okay. I mean, I never. I would I, never say I liked Anton, though. I would say he worked well enough in the story. No, I, I I never really liked him, though. Right, but I feel like the reason I didn't like Ghostmaker when he was introduced in, in uh, Tynan's run was that he was because Batman. And here with Anton, there's the one-upmanship that you can see from the time they first meet that makes him a much more compelling character when you see not just his face or whatever, but when you understand who he is. And we still don't know his full story, his backstory or whatever. But the fact that he's this this foil still for Bruce, even as they're training, you know, and that you know we can get to the point where he's introduced and it doesn't feel like he's in our face because he's not here, right? He was gone for all the last issue. That was the Zatanna stuff, right? Um, and there's no mention of Anton in that one. Yeah. So I mean, you know. I still don't really like Ghostmaker that much as a character, yeah. but. Uh, funny enough, I think I said back when they introduced Anton that it felt a bit mm-hmm. Ghostmakery because he's got this yeah. rival, and that's kind of what yeah. we knew about Ghostmakers. So it's kind of funny that we never just guessed that, oh, he's just going to turn out to be Ghostmaker. Yeah. I th- do you know what I think it is? I think I never realized at that point or remembered that Ghostmaker, yeah. we didn't know what his name was. So we we didn't have like a, but oh, there's there a mystery. There's a mystery yeah, to solve there, about who he is. Someone went to call him something, and it did start with an A. I remember that. Okay, okay. So. All right. So, well, but yeah, but yeah. So I'm not as annoyed as I should be, but yeah, I still don't like Ghostmaker that much. But here, I feel like Zadarski is using him well because he is kind of that foil without being like an outright villain. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I totally feel there's another turn coming that he's gonna do something to mess with Bruce around Roz. There's still two issues left. We still know that they don't really, they aren't on good terms when we first meet him, in in the Titan stuff. You know, because there was that whole, you stay out of my city. You know, they have, like, a deal. So, but yeah. Yeah. So, the issue's done well enough. It's still not my favorite. I, I think, like, these last two, I didn't like as much as the couple before mm-hmm. that. I think that one in the forest where they had that standoff where Anton wanted to kill, you know, the guy. Yeah. I, that was the peak of this this book for me so yeah. far. Uh, that but... was really good. I, I see, I did like the Zatanna stuff just because it was, to me, it was very Temple of Doom-esque in that it's Bruce realizing that there's a whole other world out there and that he is completely small and insignificant in comparison. Um, and I like that aspect of it. Plus I'm a sucker for Zatanna. Um, not as much as Connor, but you know, yeah. 
Um, yeah. But no, you're right. It, that that one in the forest with the marksman still is the top notch of this book. Yeah. Like, I, I do like this fleshing out of his training time before he became Batman, like, finally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and I can't just say I'm mad about Anton because Anton's yeah. essential for that, that forest issue, so he needs yeah. to exist. Right. But, you know, I, like... I didn't think I thought I thought Anton was someone when I didn't realize it was going to be Ghostmaker, which I'm pretty sure he is now. I was expecting him to be dead by the end of the the story or something. Right. You know, just that's why you know Anton's never shown up, but he has because he's Ghostmaker. So yeah, it was it was really seeing him at the end of that, with at the end of this uh, issue with that mask on, and I was like, wow, he's definitely Ghostmaker, isn't he? So, um, but what maybe there's another swerve coming. Who knows? Um, maybe he gets Lazarus pitted, and he does die. I don't know. <laughs> sure. All right. What are, you, what are you giving Batman the Night issue eight? I'm gonna give this one an eight point five. Um, I'll probably just go with a straight eight on this. I think. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. It's good. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Um. It just uh, doesn't quite pop in the same way. In, ter- in terms of like narrative conflicts, in the same way that a couple of my more favorite issues of this book have, uh, you know, the, the training in particular didn't seem as exciting or as interesting as some of the other issues. But you know, that's okay. Yeah, uh, that's fair. But that's a Batman the Night issue eight. Black Adam issue three. Christopher Priest writing with Rafa Sandoval on the art. Um, and I have to say, is obviously the cover's gorgeous because it's that beautifully realistic painting yeah. of uh, Black Adam. Uh, I must say, this is probably my least favorite of these issues. Uh, <laughs> out of the three, I don't know so how you I feel. Won't, I won't say that it's my least favorite. However, there's an awful lot of mythology at play that I had to keep cross-referencing. And I had a very long day yesterday. I had this at the end of the night. I might have dozed off twice while reading it. So it mm. feels very much like a fever dream, which kind of works in my favor because that's kind of what this issue is for, yeah. for black adam like you know yeah there's kind of this thing where black adam's talking to uh who is it at the start who he thinks he's talking to so uh, he thinks he's talking Asad. to Assad, but it ends up being a sumerian god yeah it ends up being ishtar who, who kisses them and then mm-hmm. it's kind of like he's in this like weird whether it's real or not but it's like he's in like a hell of sorts mm-hmm. whilst he's lying on the hospital bed so we could we, you know we, we go back to uh malik and like the manager or not manager mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know why i called him that uh the the, the, the agent dude who's like his handler yeah. yeah um and it's all about malik sort of thinking outside the box like to try and save him uh he ends up using like his shazam power like a defibrillator where he like puts his hands on black adam's chest and says shazam and i'm like that is a really cool concept I wish it was in something else because I don't think it is. Well, it's, it's, it's like a cool action beat that I wish was at the end of a big action scene where I really cared about someone dying. Yeah, I also like the that it's, he's like, well, I'm treating the wrong person because this Theo is dead, but Black Adam is is invulnerable, so maybe I need to treat him instead of him. And that's when he changes him back. Yeah. And just the whole look of when he uses the power that his suit looks like scrubs, the lightning bolt on it too. I, I like that aspect, uh, just on the art side. Um, but yeah, th- this um, Malik as a character, someone that's really growing on me. Is there's the, a certain vibe that he has? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just his, you know, 
I don't give a, a flip attitude or, or what, but yeah, I think it works. Yeah, I think why I wasn't as into this issue as much is because so much of it's spent in this, like, hell dimension or whatever it is. It, yeah, so it's the Sumerian afterlife, which is Urkala, which is the underworld. Sure. Um, with, with, so, I don't know much about the Sumerian gods, yet these are the ancient gods from which Black Adam got his power from. Um, that, them and the Egyptians. Uh, and so at first you have Ishtar, who's the goddess of love. I, I had to research this. Yeah, and, and then you have this stupid name, Eresha Kigal. Yeah, I, I could, yeah, I could believe, uh, like that. That was maybe a name. I, I, luckily, she says that a little bit later. Just call me a rash. And I was like, okay, yeah, fine, so, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> which is also, so she's a twin sister of Ishtar, and when you look it up, that she's kind of like in the way that Hades is also the name of the place and the afterlife. That's also another name for the afterlife is hers. So it, these are kind of like the proto-gods, which is interesting, the fact that he thought he was fighting Darkseid, right? Um, but we all knew it wasn't Darkseid because of whatever. That It's almost like he's being... What's the word I'm looking for? It's almost like Black Adam is, is, is being reforged through these gods, through this afterlife, because whatever is the sickness, it, it's almost like forming a cocoon around him, right? Um, so, and then you end up with this, he fights the bull of heaven and ends up with Sargon of Akkad, who, when you look up, was apparently the first ruler in history of, of this empire. Um, well, this is the problem with this issue is that the issue doesn't tell me any of this. I have no No. idea who any of these characters are. And I'm like, what's going on? Who are these people? You know, but you just get the fact that he's this, you know that this Sargon of Akkad is almost a, a proto black Adam or champion. Cause he's not of the gods. You know, he says, I'm the thorn in the God's side. Yeah. He's, he's, got, he's got a cape on. He's got like a lion yeah. looking like a symbol on his chest. He's got the like, lion crest and he's got like these, you know, they're not, they're not hammers, but they're like the heads of hammers on his hands. Um, that he uses to fight. And I just, I was getting the, the vibe that this was like the first Shazam. Right? Like, this was their first champion, and this is going all the way back to... Which, I don't know, that's why I feel like it's a reforging of Black Adam. Right? That he's he's lost his way and needs to be recentered on, on you know, as the champion for these gods. So, um... But yeah, it was kind of just all over the place, and the stuff with the T was kind of lost on me, but that might have been because I was reading this so tired. Night. Yeah, I feel like you've forgotten um, some here. Do you not remember where you unmasks this guy and it's older Malik? Oh my god, I did forget about that. So, so this yeah. whole first champion nonsense, I'm not so sure I buy. <laughs> yeah, so me. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because so he's fighting this uh, this 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 yeah. you know champion dude, and he takes off the mask, and it's it looks like Malik, but an old age. He's got gray hair. Uh, and that you know that's in the last page, and then Black Adam wakes up in the hospital bed. Uh, like I enjoyed all the, the scenes with Malik because I enjoy mm-hmm. that character, I, and I think they're more straightforward in the sense that I feel like Priest did a lot of work, like you know, whether he knew it already or researched like these characters yeah. and these gods and like all this stuff. Like I appreciate the effort that goes into it, but this is not stuff that I think everyone reading this book, or even like a good portion of the people reading this book, are going to know any of. And I don't think it's introduced in a way where 
I really got like what these different characters were representing or yeah. what the conflicts here were. It just kind of felt like a lot of fighting with without much context once it got going. Um, so it like I don't know. I found this one a little bit of a chore uh, to get through in some ways. Uh, even though the art's good, even though yeah. like you know I'm still enjoying the Malik stuff, and you know I'm hoping that, that this is just that that done now, or at least if this does come back up again, there's a bit more it's, context I, for it when it does. I remember having similar issues in Deathstroke where there was just a lot of information thrown at us, and you would feel lost for two issues, mm. which at this point that's Priest's style, um, and you know I'll I'll reserve like harsh judgment if we get to the point that doesn't still make sense. Because Deathstroke eventually came around, right? Like, uh, pieces were going. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I did forget about him being the older Malik. Well, because that, um, that's the big twist of the issue. And that, yeah. that, that kind of is what's teasing what's to come, is that Black Adam yeah. might now question if he should trust them. And it also begs the question, in what way, shape, or form could Malik grow up to be this person who's going to fight Black Adam or or end right. up in this this place? You know, like is he knowing what he's doing or has he become kind of like like a puppet of something or you know i i don't know like, like there's, there's questions here but i have to admit after after two really solid issues i did feel that this one left me a little cold and a little just unsure of what was happening <laughs> yeah uh so i i did not find this one that fulfilling sadly uh but uh yeah so that's, that's a bit of a shame uh, you know, because I, you know, I was into that really that first issue quite a bit, and mostly really the second issue. I, I hope it gets back on track, because uh, I, I'd hate to get to you know busy November and like all of a sudden the week's quite busy, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, that 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 may be an easy cut if 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 I'm feeling this conflicted by it. Come then. Yeah, I mean, also keep going because I do. I need to know where this goes, but yeah, another maybe. I'll give it till six for sure. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, but what's funny? So when I looked up Sargon of Akkad just now. I I was reminded that he was the villain in the Scorpion King, right? Oh Jesus! So now that's that's twice that Black Adam that the Rock has fought in Sargon of God. So you know. Oh bloody hell! Uh, yeah. All right, Matt, what are you giving Black Adam? Um, I'm giving this one a seven point five. Yeah, I think I'm going more like a six. I guess. Oh well. Yeah, I'll say so, because they are still really good. I still like the Malik bits. Uh, mm -hmm. So that, that's as high as I'm willing to go on this one, which is a shame, which is a shame, but mm -hmm. uh, that's Black Adam issue three. So that'll take us out of the part of the show where we pick our favourite stuff of the week, favourite panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite art, and top five books. So Matt, what is your moment of the week? Oof, okay. Um, I'm going to go from Nightwing, and it's going to be when uh, Melinda's bodyguard hits blockbuster so that was, that was a fun moment i like that one a lot uh sure um i think i have to i think i have to go with the ending of uh one bad day Riddler? yeah, it, yeah. It, it's just you know i'm trying to think of anything else stands up to it and i don't think anything does the the only other one that would have came for me is is when when the widow Leans into Bruce mm. for comfort. That that messed me up for whatever reason. There's, there's tons of moments in that book I could have yeah. picked though, but the, the the ending is just like realized so beautifully and perfectly that right. I, you know that's just that's that's what wins for me. Uh, all right, Matt, what you got for cover of the week? Um, I'm gonna go with the one bad day main cover with just it's 
Scott Riddler's hat with the in green with the question mark in red. Like it's it's a really good image. Yeah, yeah. Um I'm just looking through them now to see what I like. Yeah, uh, the, the main world's finest cover is pretty good. I'm not going to pick yeah. it, but it's pretty good. Uh, I would also I have to shout out that main cover for Black Adam. Jesus, it's so yeah. good. Uh, as much as the issue I thought was a little underwhelming, the 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 cover did not skip a beat. Uh, the Garrus cover is really nice. Um, Nightwing has several good covers. The main cover is great. The Nicholas Scott swimsuit one's great. The Jamal Campbell one where Nightwing sort of like Oof. doing the splits in an alleyway up the buildings is great. I think ultimately the did one... You look, did you look at the Black Adam uh, variants? Uh, I, yeah, I'm having a glance at them, yeah. Gotcha. Because uh, the Rizal cardstock variant, very cool too. Yeah, neat stuff. Uh, I think ultimately I'm going to go with the main Black Adam cover, but it was tough. Yeah. See, usually if there's a book that I didn't read, I'll usually look at all the covers when the other person's talking, but I didn't have that chance today, so... Me, me either. That's why I went straight for the one that drew my eye, and that was yeah. Garrett's uh, Riddler. So you, you, you got the uh, the thought-out process today. Um, Alright, what's your art of the week? Mitch Garrett's. Yes. Like, yes. I, I would love to give it to Redondo, <laughs> but just him and King together, it's hard to pick against. They work so well. Yeah, so. it has to be garrett's it's just a fully fledged you know mm-hmm. like realization and garrett's isn't as often as redondo so it's more of a treat that's as true. well that's true so uh no just just downright mm-hmm. special is, is what i'd call that yeah. all right top five books matt go all right so number one's gonna be uh riddler one bad day number two is going to be nightwing number three is gonna be the night number four is gonna be world's finest and number five is gonna be which one did i like more i'll go with the flash my number one is One Bad Day Riddler. Number two is Nightwing. Number three is World's Finest. Number four is The Night. And number five is The Flash. Uh, so there you go. Simple enough. Simple enough. Uh, I will tell you now what is coming next week from DC Comics. We've got Nightwing. Oh, sorry. No, I'm on the same week still. <laughs> that. that was a slip. All right. Coming next week, you got Detective Comics 1063. We have Action Comics 1046. The Swamp Thing, issue 16. So that's ending next week. It's mm-hmm. a big deal. Uh, Harley Quinn, issue 21. Uh, Batman White Knight Presents, Red Hood issue 2. Robin, issue 17. Task Force Z, issue 11. Deathstroke, Inc., issue 12. Batman Fortress, issue 4. Justice League versus <laughs> the Legion of Superheroes, issue 15. Matt will be reporting on that, I'm sure. Uh, nope. Tales of the Human Target, issue 1. So we got that, that's uh, yes. yeah, that, that's the uh, anthology style sort of uh, stopgap issue. Yep. And then we got Fables 154, Young Justice Targets issue 2, DC Mech issue 2, and Olympus Rebirth issue 1. So a couple of weird things in there, but uh, excited for Human Targets, one shot, uh, detective action, swamp things, big ending, uh, Robin. So good stuff there. Uh, so that's what's coming next week. And Human Target, you know what the teams are? Right, it's Tom King and four artists. Do you know who they are? I did when it got announced. I've forgotten them now. So but... it's Kevin McGuire, uh, Michael Jannon, Raphael Albuquerque, and Greg Smallwood. That if that doesn't win next week, I don't know what what to, for art. I don't I don't know what to do. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, what do you say like, to that list? I don't know. Perkins' final swamp Perkins, thing issue. You know, Perkins is strong. He's got but, a chance. You know, he's got a yeah. chance. But man. Heavy hitters. That's the murderer's row right there. 
Anyway, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month, so thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordner, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Treisman, and Alison M. Fordyce. Thank you to you all. Thank you to all our patrons, of course. Thank you to everyone who joins, enjoys the show. You can support it at patreon.com slash TV if you would like, or of course you can like, subscribe, ding the bell for notifications on YouTube, or uh, rate us five stars and give us a good, good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, you can get us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast. You can uh, ask questions there or use it to share us out on the Twitters. Obviously, spreading us around in any way is obviously greatly appreciated as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, that about does that. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we have... Uh, you know, I, I reviewed the She-Hulk pilot earlier this week on Mail mm-hmm. TV, the YouTube channel, if you want to go check that out, everyone. Uh, I figured I'd plug something. Uh, seems comic book yeah. related, so... Go and have a look. Uh, but yeah, uh, that is episode 319. Uh, another one in the can on this long journey. Uh, we'll see you next week for uh, another batch of DC Comics. And maybe Connor will be here? I have no idea. That's a wild card. I don't know. He's got Patreon books to do. So I think if he if he's going to be missing another couple of weeks, I think what he'll be doing is he'll be recording those reviews separately and I'll just be editing them into the, the episode mm-hmm. so, that they're, so that they're done. Uh, but yeah, he's been doing a lot of Friday, Saturday uh, work days recently. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, he's not been able to make it. But uh, uh, he'll be back like a cockroach. He always comes back. Uh, so a bad penny, he always turns up. <laughs> yeah. As always, another wave of uh, the Connor COVID. <laughs> no? <laughs> Alright. That is the episode, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics. And remember to never get lost in the Speed Force.